98.3 FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impact's pre-owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impact's pre-owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and impactspreowned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines from MPEX Pre-Owned out here on uh, Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs. And if you're looking for this, it's, uh, it's a new dealership on the left at the top of the hill. What's that crossroad there? Um, that's John Dodd Road. John Dodd Road, okay. Yep, that's Go- right. Good morning, that's Alan. Good morning, Perry. Got Alan Hill with us and Greg Moore. How you doing, Greg? Well, doing good. I got up this morning. A little bit chilly, but... Uh, Perry come by as you picked me up and here come we, up here and pretty impressive dog on got some nice cars out here. Yeah, I mean, they do. Nice it, facility. They're taking good care of us and some people they check out some of this equipment. They look 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 pretty good. And Clary was nice enough to leave us indoors. <laughs> yep, yep. Sure did. But you know, I thought the first show was gonna be out here and I, and I was listening to them and they didn't seem to be freezing to death, but uh this this is all just for us. So that's a pretty good deal. It's nice of these guys to have us out here on Saturday. Yeah. It is, and uh, of course, Impact's pre-owned is our title sponsor of the show. So um, we're real proud to be out here. I wanted to have uh, the no dines on at about twelve twenty, but um, I understand they're at the beach. <laughs> well, that's that's not a bad place to be. No, it's not. But um, we might get somebody from the dealership here to come in and talk to us and uh, give us a scoop on some deals, or you know how this place came to be and all that sort of phone, stuff. Phone numbers and how to get a hold of them. There you go. So, uh, there was a little bit of racing last week, boys. Uh, after about a five-hour delay, we had a lot of good racing. Yeah, they went, uh, you know, five hours and 45 minutes, I think. And uh, I think I texted you or somebody and I said, you don't have to come back till about 8 o'clock. But it was 9 o'clock, I think, when they got going. Yes, it was. Nine o'clock, they started and got done about 12.30. And for me to stay awake that long, it had to be a little interesting. <laughs> well, it's got to it's gotta be a good. That's why I am out. But, uh, I think we kind of had a surprise winner. Um, they tore up a lot of cars. And, uh, you know, uh, it seems like a lot of these crashes used to be uh, from blocking. And there was blocking going on, but this seemed to be, you know, blocking and, and throwing the block too late and getting turned sideways. But these crashes seem to be caused by bump drafting or bumping. They won't let them keep constant contact with the back bumper. But when you bump the guy two or three times and the, the third bump's not perfect, then you get 16 car pileups. Kind of like Joey Logano there. He kind of knew that his spotter kind of said, well, Brad's laying back. He's going to get that run. And what do you do? Do you put on the brakes and go back to him? Then all of a sudden, you're going to let the four or five Chevrolets get a run on you if they fall out and and pass you? Or do you just still hold it wide open? Or that yeah. was he, Joey was kind of in a no-win situation. You kind of won't be on the lead and on the last lap, but then you kind of want to be in second place. Yeah. 
you know, I... And I have to make these decisions real quick. Yes, you do. The, the driver really. Well, I mean, real quick, Greg. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I think I've heard some others. I've heard both sides of the thing, but uh, I think I want to be out front. But maybe not. <laughs> kind of want to be out front, but uh, you know it's coming. Yeah, well, if they get to... <laughs> If they get to jostling around behind you, uh, you know, they're not going to get to you. And the uh, surprise winner, of course, was yeah. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. And um, Ford. Michael McDowell. See, yeah. I've done that every time. Michael, Malcolm McDowell was in A Clockwork Orange, famous yeah. actor. <laughs> Clockwork Orange. And then uh, somebody, I think it was Smitty during the week or somebody, I don't remember who it was, was thinking Michael McDonald. Who was, I think he was one of the Eagles at one time. Yep. But it's like a it's a it's Michael McDowell, and uh, well, he uh, had that love Chevrolet or, or uh, that love Ford for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day with the big heart on the back of it and love. So it, I guess you could have sort of seen this coming before the race started. Well, you kind of <laughs> look at him. He won the biggest race, and he's had one of the biggest wrecks at Texas. And if he got out and walked away from that wreck at Texas from qualifying. And that Michael Waldrop Aaron's car. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's uh, you look at from highs to lows. If you remember that crash, and obviously you do, I mean, that was when the car tomorrow first came out, and they sort of didn't know how it might hold up, you know, in a crash. But he he hit that wall at Texas, and it started flipping, and um, it flipped forever. It seemed like, and he climbed out of it. And I said, "Well, that's a that's a pretty safe car." So you're absolutely right. Michael McDowell will be remembered for that crash in the Daytona 500. And actually, you know, he's on the front row for the race tomorrow on yes. the road course. Yep. Uh, since you uh, didn't go back to points, you went back to and no qualifying and stuff like that. So you go back to last week's race, and that's pretty much where you get to start at. In that race last week. Uh, after the carnage, and they threw the check, they threw the caution flag, which ended the race. And it was uh, pretty clear that if they're going to run the rules this way. McDowell was well, the winner. Chase Elliott said, "Yeah, he, I, I saw the light come on. I was behind him." Well, I've heard a lot of slack over that this week. Why didn't they let him come on back to the checker flag? Whenever they seen that big ball of fire out there, you've got to dis, you've got to throw the caution. You've got to let him. Uh, Rescue crews yeah. get out there. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, it. if they if they just wrecked and slid through the infield and stuff like that, all well and fine. They could probably race on back. They yeah. could have told them boys on radio, "We got a wreck down there. You need to slow down just as soon as you get checkered." But with that fire, and you know, you're going to put rescue personnel out on the racetrack. You had to throw that caution. But now, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, back in the old days. When you had a fire, like Fireball Roberts, or even, I think, I remember Sterling Marlins catching on fire one time when he drove for Junior, that Maxwell House car. But anyway, this was, these were sort of like flash fires. Was this just a fire that maybe was in the engine or the fuel line? Because this was not like the gasoline tank going up. Well, you got uh, two or three things going there. Did you see the car that had the rear end seal go out on it? And they come in yes. there and tried to put it out yep. and send him back out there. You know that rear end <laughs> grease is hot. Yeah. And it's just a flash. It's hard to put out. Yeah. So whenever they had that crash there, you don't know if it's actually the fuel tank exploded, which all these fuel tanks are in a bladder and stuff like that. But it could have been oil tank. Yeah. You know, some of these boys have got where they put them oil reservoirs. People don't realize, but these cars hold like 22 quarts of oil. 
for the dry-sup systems. Oh, they got, they, they, they towed a bunch of oil. And the, the thing is, there's so many places where it can leak, it leak out. You know, one time we thought the best place to put the dry-sup tank was up there in front of the driver's feet. Remember that? Yes, you know, When you remember Pearson and everybody done it that way, and they moved it around. But it's kind of, it, a lot of times they have brake problems. You know, when brake rotors are glowing, you know, piston, a piston burns up in it, and, uh, you know, away you go. Well, you know, you got a brake fire and everything. Well, all, all them tanks do have uh, steel braided lines run to them, but they still do have aluminum fittings that hook them to the tank that screws to the tank. And if you shear one of them off, which don't take much. It don't take much on them. Uh, once it shears that line off, then you have it uh, all going everywhere. If it hits a hot brake rotor or something like that, you're going to have a flash fire. That's right. Just for a second. I mean, don't get me wrong. See it a whole lot easier at night you can in the daytime, too. <laughs> yes, you can. Especially around midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? And maybe this is neither here nor there, because I've thought of this with the Indy cars. The, the way those fences are built, I mean, you know, with those big buckles and bolts and all the way that it's secure, you know, and it has to be. But that just chews up a race car. I mean, it's like putting even a stock car through a grinder. You know, when they had that crash, uh, um, Keselowski's wheel, you could see it come off right as he was going up into the fence. So, uh, anyway, it was a... It just chews them up. I don't know what could ever be done about that. Maybe turn it around the other way so the bolts are on the outside. It's still going to damage them, but good grief, it just really tears those cars up. Let me give you the top ten from Sunday. It was uh, Michael McDowell won the race. He's finished first. Chase Elliott was second, so I was close. Austin Dillon was third. Fourth was Kevin Harvick. Fifth, Denny Hamlin didn't quite make his... uh, um, third in a row and you know he dropped back at the beginning of that race and just rode around to stay out of something like this and it ultimately didn't work but um, uh, he did finish the race anyway Ryan Priest was 6th, Ross Chastain 7th, Jamie McMurray had a pretty good run finishing 8th place with that uh, um, Spire Motorsports car number 77 Corey LaJoy in the other Spire car number 7 was up front or close to the top 10 all day long. He was finished ninth, And Kyle Larson in his first race back was 10th. So uh, uh, a quick look at the point standings after the first race. Um, Michael McDowell is first. Second is Austin Dillon. This is the playoff standings. The point standings is different, but the playoff standings is what's important, I think. So Michael McDowell has punched his tickets to the playoff already. Yes, and so he's got one win. Austin Dillon second, Denny Hamlin third, Kevin Harvick fourth, Chase Elliott fifth, sixth with Ryan Priest, seventh, Kyle Larson is tied with Bubba Wallace, ninth is Joey Logano, and tenth is Christopher Bell. So that's the point standings, and uh, they're going to run tomorrow on the road course. And if you think about it, it was a good thing for Michael McDowell and that team to win that race, but then I got to thinking about it on the other hand. That they lose that car for the rest of the year. That's right. Me and Perry were talking about that. And, and on top of that, even me and Larry were talking about it two days ago. He said, they tear all the cars up. Yeah. You know, now, now let's take even the money part out of the situation. But it takes time to put them things together. So you're fighting the time element. 
and you get one of them things that's done been in uh, the wind tunnel a couple of times, the chassis is proven, you got the body set just right, you get down there, they're going to take that car and park it for a year, a what? season, and him an upstart team, that's bad. Well, see, it goes up down into the Daytona Hall of Fame. See, Denny Hamlin's rolled out on Monday. And they pushed his in, so he does not get that car. And see, next year we're going to bring out the new car. So well, that car goes to somebody's collection. Actually, if you noticed, um, they had Denny Hamlin's last year's winner sitting on pit road during the race or before the race, and it was still covered with confetti. Yes. <laughs> and did you hear Michael talking about his wife and kids? He said, uh, which he knew he was going to have to stay over on Monday. He yeah. said he'd like for them to fly his wife. Oh, he said, I wonder if NASCAR could fly my wife and kids down here for this. <laughs> well, I can answer that I, for him. <laughs> yeah, I believe if I was his car owner, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have that private jet going to get them. Um, they're starting the, fi- the, the O'Reilly's Auto Parts 253 tomorrow. And um, that's a 3.30 start. It says here 3.33. I'm not sure if that's when they come on the air or not. I got it, I got it here somewhere. But anyway, uh, Chase Elliott's on the pole. And Mikey McDowell is outside of him, starting second. Austin Dillon third. Denny Hamlin fourth. Kevin Harvick fifth. Uh, Ryan Priest sixth. Corey, Corey LaJoy seventh. Kyle Larson eighth. Russ, Ross Chastain ninth. And Bubba Wallace tenth. And... Um, We'll go uh, maybe over this a little bit more when we have Deb on so she can make her pick. We've already had a few people make picks, so uh, we'll get to that later. And something that we, I don't know how much time we can get into this, but they also had an Xfinity race last week. And that was on Saturday. And, of course, uh, our car, Jeremy Clements, was doing very, very well. He got in an early big pileup. And it didn't seem to slow him down at all. He put some duct tape on it, and he was still hauling the mail. But that second one, and both times it looked like to me he got run over. I mean, it, it's hard to check up. I know that. But both times, especially that second time, um, he got hit pretty hard in the rear end. And it, he, was, he finished, and it shows that he finished two laps behind, but that's because they had overtime. He actually completed 120 laps. That was uh, the race. But um, he finished 22nd. And Austin Sendrick won. Of course, he's the heir apparent to, uh, it looks like, either a new Penske ride or uh, I think, actually, he may get D. Benedetto's Wood Brothers car next year. But Austin Sendrick did win it. Brett Moffitt was second. Harrison Burton third. Jeb Burton fourth. Um, A.J. Allmendinger was fifth. Brandon Brown sixth. Matt Snyder seventh. Brandon Godjevic was eighth. Daniel Hemrick, ninth, and Jason White, tenth. But uh, uh, Jeremy was doing good. Yes, he was. Uh, sometimes your results does not show how actually good you actually run in the race. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, everybody thought Denny Hamlin, first stage winner, second stage winner, everything like that was going his way to that pit stop. And then things kind of went south for Denny. But same thing there for Jeremy. I mean, everybody's sitting there. Pulling for Jeremy. Get, I mean, we're sitting on the edge of our seats. I mean, he's he sitting get, right here. He hey. did get drop kicked a little bit on one. Yes, he did. did. And uh, sometimes, you know, when you're a single car team like it, and your other teams kind of know that, sometimes they'll leave you out to dry because they know that there's being a single car team. Yeah, uh, automatically you're weaker 
from a standpoint of yes. usually with sponsorship and that type of stuff. You might be pretty strong with factory or whatever, but uh, you, you got less people to answer to if it's just a single car team and say he's the fastest car on the racetrack. Yep. Well, you, you catch less flack doing something to him than you would one of the... One of your teammates, sir. You gotta you gotta meet them on Monday morning or Tuesday morning at the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Bunk. does. Jeremy goes over here to the shop and goes back to work. Yeah, yeah he goes back to work. <laughs> and they uh, uh, have already set the lineup for that race, and it is. I'm not even going to get how they set it. They set it by fast lap and uh, um, points and what zodiac sign your mother was born under, and all this crazy stuff. So uh, the Xfinity race, which. Um, is it five o'clock today? I think I got that right. I just looked it up. Um, uh, yes, pre-race is at four to five, and five to seven thirty is the race. Brett Moffitt is on the pole. Austin Sendrick is second. Jeb Burton third. Harrison Burton fourth. Daniel Hemrick fifth. AJ Allmendinger is sixth. Brandon Brown seventh. Miat Snyder is eighth. Joe Graff Jr. is ninth, and Mad Mills is tenth. And our car with. Uh, of course, Jeremy Clements is starting 18th. So uh, he's good on road courses. Good on road courses. He, Everybody know he was. That's where he got his first win. Yeah, well, he, he's real good at finesse tracks. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take our first break here, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. We're going to come back and uh, talk to Daryl Waltrip. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. You already know Carolina Driveline is the upstate's leader for custom drive shafts and high-performance racing. But did you know Carolina Driveline also specializes in agricultural and industrial equipment? Carolina Driveline can keep your equipment moving so you're never down for long. And when the work week ends, Carolina Driveline's 37 years of experience can deliver the best in off-road racing and 4x4 solutions. Whether it's your workday equipment, your everyday car, or your weekend 4x4, Carolina Driveline is your high-performance solution. Find out more at carolinadriveline.com. Every rim rattling dunk. Oh, the flag is stolen by Lawson. He'll race in and clutch it. Every clutch three. Autograph the three. One more time. And every unforgettable moment. And you can put spurs on this one. South Carolina with the upset of 16th ranked Auburn. South Carolina basketball lives here. The South Carolina Gamecocks are headed to the Final Four. The Gamecocks Sports Network. Thank you. 
Founded in 1997, R.J. Rockers is Spartanburg's original brewery and go-to stop in downtown Spartanburg. But R.J. Rockers is so much more than a brewery. It's an entertainment destination with a tap room featuring great food, a weekday hoppy hour, trivia night, live entertainment, and special events throughout the year. Follow Spartanburg's original brewery on social media and rjrockers.com. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today. Conveniently located up I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Start your engines from MPEX pre-owned here in uh, Boiling Springs, South Carolina. And it is my great pleasure to do our annual, uh, one I look forward to as much as anything all year, three-time Winston Cup champion, Daytona 500 winner, Southern 500 winner, 2012 NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee, Daryl Walter. Good morning, Daryl. Hey. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, I remember calling this show, I don't know, a few years ago. I think he had one sponsor. And then, and now it's oh. like a whole list of sponsors have joined the program. So, uh, congratulations. Well, thank you. Well, that's because we had Mike Helton last week and Daryl Waltrip this week. I mean, <laughs> Greg does not get uh, – Greg gets us the best. Oh, no, it's hard. The, the well, it's is, pretty is. hard to, to – it's hard to follow Mike Helton anywhere you go. That's, that's, an, that's a hard act to follow right there. Are, are you familiar with – this is stupid. You know Deb Williams, of course. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, she she took uh, you know we lost Nelson Crozier over the winter day after Christmas, right. so Deb took uh, uh, Nelson's place. So uh, we just got a great staff here. Yeah, you do. I, you know, and Greg does a good job of you know rounding us up and and, uh, and <laughs> telling us we need to do the radio show. So uh, good to be on this morning. Yeah, it's Saturday morning, and I'm sitting in about I don't know probably four inches of ice and three inches of snow here in Franklin, <laughs> Tennessee. So. Uh, uh-huh. Nothing much going on here today. Well, it, it, it's a good time to do do a few minutes of bench racing and talking about old days or something. But Daryl, no, we can't help uh, but not just thrill death for you have have you on the show. And I don't know. Anytime you start talking about speed weeks in Daytona, and even though we've got a lot of problems with the virus and things have changed a little bit, but you know, there's always names that rise at the top. And and you know you think of Richard Petty and you think of Daryl Waldrop and there's a handful of names that automatically pops in your head about Daytona and uh, uh, I wish we was kind of doing it again if we had a time tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I, you know Daytona was a track that I, I I had a love hate relationship with that place. I uh, I loved winning there. There was nothing. You know, you, a great sense of accomplishment when you won at Daytona, but I, I wrecked at that racetrack. If you took all the other racetracks combined, I didn't wreck anywhere near as many times as I did at Daytona. It seemed like every time I turned around, uh, you know, something was happening that I couldn't avoid or I'd get myself in trouble there. And so 
Uh, I, I think I won 14, 15 times there in different series. But um, that that was a tough racetrack, and uh, it still is. I mean, there's nothing easy about Daytona. It's probably, I don't think fans realize just how difficult that track can be. I know the cars are a lot better, and they handle a lot better than they did back in our day. But nonetheless, uh, that's a tough racetrack to get a hold of and hang on to. And the people really don't notice, Daryl, uh, from a fan standpoint, that as soon as you come out of coming out of three, go into four, hit the bump, however much they fix it or whatever. But they don't understand it just how critical how the drivers got approached and hit the trial. Because, you know, it's like coming off the corner, you see people, but the trial was actually a pretty good turn. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's yeah. more of a turn well, than people think it is. Think about this. You're, you're running 200 miles an hour around that joint, and you got uh, 30-some degrees of banking in the corners, which is a nice, you know, that's a lot of banking in the turns. But that trial, you're running 200 miles an hour through there as well, turning all the time. And that's only got 18 degrees of banking. So it, it is. It's one of the most, that, that trial from turn four down to the start-finish line off toward turn one. I mean, you've got your hands full. You get two or three wide going through there, and uh, you don't know if you're going to make it or not. And we've seen, you know, we saw last year uh, Ryan Newman takes a heck of a crash there. We saw Bo Dine in a truck take a crash there. So, I mean, that, that, that front straightaway, that trial is is probably as difficult a, a piece of track as there is in racing. And Talladega is even worse from what I heard, or, or just as bad. Well, Talladega is a little that, better because you got you got a little bit more room to operate. Daytona is right, not right, that wide. Yep. Yeah, Daytona is you know mm-hmm. it's really not that wide. You get three wide, especially with the with the wall. They yeah, especially when they put in the soft wall, it narrowed it up even more. Yeah, it took. <clears throat> I think those walls take up about fifth. Uh, 12 to uh, 12 to 18 inches, something to that effect, I think, about 18 inches. So you've narrowed that up a little bit more. But even before that, I mean, that, that trial at Daytona is so narrow, it's so fast. With limited banking, uh, you have got your hands full when you go through there, I'm telling you. Trust me. Trust Darryl, me. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know you yep. do. We, we had some, uh, of course, a lot of discussion this week on our, our other shows. I, this show is only on Saturday mornings, but it was quite a topic on uh, our other shows on this station this week. And, and they were talking about some of the great races. And I know these guys that do these shows are probably weren't even born when you uh, when you won your race. Of course, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 69. I, I'm an old man, but... Uh, one of the guys said, yeah, 89, I loved it when uh, Darrell Waltrip did the icky shuffle. And one of the guys said, yeah, what yeah. is an icky shuffle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, icky, icky was, uh, he was a, yeah, he was a great uh, football player. And I think he may have been, I don't know for sure, but I think he was one of the first guys that ever really celebrated when he had a touchdown in, in the end right. zone. And he did a thing they called the icky shuffle. I called it the tide slide. I don't know what it called it. They, <laughs> tide slide. There you go. They, they, they all called it the icky. I said, no, 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 it's the tide slide. But anyway, when I was down there testing, and we had a really fast car the year before when uh, Bobby won the race in 88, I had a really bad fast car that day and had trouble right near the end of the race. Didn't win. Came back, same car, same engine, same everything. Sat on the front row for the 500 with uh, Kenny Schrader, my teammate. And, uh, one thing, here's the thing that's important to remember. I led the first lap of the Daytona 500 in 89, 
and I led the last lap of the Daytona in 1989. So it wasn't it wasn't that we had a great car that day. We had to work on it all day long, and really and truly that worked in our favor because we were in and out of the pits a lot. There were a lot of wrecks, and the track had been repaved, and it was it was a it was a it was a mess that whole day was. But for us coming in and out of the pits, working on the car, it, it, here's there's so many backstories to that win. I went down there with Goodyear tires on my car, and it was when Goodyear first came with the radio. And uh, Bill Elliott blew a tire in practice, and Goodyear withdrew their tires. I'm sitting on the front row on Goodyear tires. Kenny Schrader, my teammate, he's on the front row. He's on pole. He's on Hoosier tires. NASCAR comes to us and says, you got to take your tires off. You can't run those tires in the race. I said, I don't care what you say. I'm running these tires. I came here with Goodyear's. I'm going to race Goodyear's. They said, no, you're not. So they gave me an option. They said, you can take the tires off. You can start the qualifying race. But you have to take those tires off in the qualifying race, put the Hoosiers on. I said, all right, well, that's the way it's got to be. That's the way it's got to be. And that's what we did. But here's the problem. A Goodyear tire was about 90 inches in diameter. And And a Hoosier tire was about 88 inches in diameter. It was a much smaller tire. So when we put the Hoosier tires on the car during the qualifying race, I mean, I was dragging everything. I was dragging the seat. The car was so low to the ground (laughs) because of the smaller tires. So we spent the next, that was on Thursday, we spent all day Friday, all day Saturday, and most of the day Sunday working on the car, trying to get it up off the ground so it quit dragging the track so bad. Uh, And that's really one of the reasons why we were in out of the pit so much. Uh, We finally got the car pretty good at the end of the race, had 54 laps to go. We came back down, jacked a little bit more wedge in it, and uh, topped it off with fuel. And really and truly, at that point, we didn't think about going for going the, the going the distance, the fifty four laps. But as things unwound, and the car was better, and it drove better, and it felt better, and I was able to draft with different people and so forth. And uh, and Hammond and, and Stevie, my wife, who was our Stevie, she did all the calculation of the gas mileage, and she told Hammond. She said, if he can save a little bit of fuel, he can make it. And Hammond said, there ain't no way. And she said, let me tell you something. We've figured out a lot of ways to lose this race. Here's a way we can win this race. And so that's what we did. He came on the radio about halfway through that run. He said, if you can save us some fuel, we think we can make it. Well, I said, you're out of your mind. There ain't no way. You're crazy. He said, save fuel. Draft everything. Anything that moves, draft. So that's what I did. And uh, lo and behold... Uh, you know, came to Dalek Wiki was on a similar strategy. He had trouble with about two laps to go, and uh, and I thought, well, we're done. There's no way we can, if he, he can't make it. We can't make it. But we did. Uh, we were able to milk the thing, you know, home and, and won my one and only first Daytona 500. That was great. We're talking to Daryl Walter. Daryl, as I said earlier, we had a uh, Mike Helton on last week and. It being the 20th anniversary of losing Dale Earnhardt, he gave us some great insight at uh, how he made that announcement and what decisions were made behind the scenes to uh, who would make the announcement, for one thing, and what he would say and how he's looked back on that after the years. And I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the same thing because you... Everything always shows you that was your first race for Fox. It was Fox's first race. Yep. And I'll never forget, in the long as I live, you looking down there with tears in your eyes saying, I hope Dale's okay. I mean, and yep. your brother won the race. 
Yeah. How, how do you look back on that day with with the, an incredible high and an unbelievable low? I mean, 20 years later, can you reflect on that a little bit? Well, of course, you know, Dale and I, uh, I, I drove Dale's car, drove the Pennzoil car for him. And, and I, I met Dale when he was still racing on dirt in Concord and Gaffney and all those dirt tracks around there. And, uh, I mean... You talk about a diamond in the rough. I mean, he was he was rough, and uh, you know he, he he. But he came to me, and we'd sit in Robert G's shop, and uh, he'd say, "I'm never going to mount anything if I don't get off these dirt tracks. Can you help me?" I let him drive my uh, late model sportsman car at Nashville a couple of times, so I tried to help him as much as I could, and so we be we were friends. But we're we're what I like to call frenemies. We were friends sometime, but we were enemies sometime, and you can't. You can't have friends on the racetrack, not back in the day. And so, you know, we're on the racetrack. He's a totally different. I approached him totally different than I did any, any anybody else. It wasn't like we were buddies or anything. We were we were competitors. But to, nonetheless, uh, yeah, that was an incredible day. Uh, my brother, it's his first time in, in a Napa car driving for Dale, number 15. And and, and people had asked Dale, Dale, why did you, you know, Michael Walters never won a race. He's like, oh, for 485 or whatever it was and and Dale was he loved to be able to put that big old arm around and say I told you so and I know that that day he would have as he came as he was entering turn three and he looked up there and he saw Michael and Dale Jr. going for the checkered flag he had to be as proud as he'd probably been ever in his life both his cars are going to run first and second and in his mind at that point he was going to run Dale was going to run third and they were all going to be in big circle and they're going to have a big celebration, and he was going to be able to say, "I told you so." Uh, but we all know what happened. And of course, I'm elated for my brother. I mean, my brother's going to win a he's going to win the, the biggest race of the year, the Daytona 500. And so I'm excited for him. And he's coming to the line, and lo and behold, he wins the Daytona 500. And then, then we have a replay, and we see that uh, what happened to Dale. And that's when I got worried. I knew that when a car kind of turns and goes up the racetrack. I know people say, well, it didn't like I was going that fast. That car was going 165 miles an hour. And he hit a concrete wall. And that, car, and that look, they're not safer barriers. Safer barriers give a little bit, and you can live, to, you can survive. And Hans device, and all the safety device they have today, you can survive. But when you when you go up the track and you hit the wall head on like that, and then Kenny Schrader driving into the side of Dale, it was just, it was just he couldn't handle it. And uh, I, knew, I knew he was hurt. I didn't know it. I didn't know that that wreck had taken his life, but I knew he was hurt, and uh, and that really that really bothered me, and it worried me because my brother's in Victory Circle, and Dale's on his way to you know in the ambulance on his way to the hospital, and my friend Andy, uh, Big Andy down there, he was a deputy sheriff, and he'd always been with me, take me where I had to go, and <clears throat> so we're getting off the air. We had to get off the air, and one of the most weary sights I've ever seen in my life was that ambulance with Dale in it. Going up Volusia of ninety two there toward Halifax Hospital, and that thing wasn't going twenty miles an hour. Right. And I, I didn't like I didn't like the way that looked. And Big Andy's wife worked in the emergency room at the hospital. She had called Big Andy and told him to get me to the hospital as soon as I could because Dale didn't make it. And so I, I it was just a I, I, roller coaster. I was up, I was down, I was happy, I was sad. Uh, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I could celebrate with my brother. It didn't seem appropriate. So I just wanted to go to the hospital, and I did. So I went there, and 
and sure enough, uh, what 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 they had reported was true, and Dale had lost his life, and, uh, and we were all at the hospital, just in in unbelief. We couldn't, none of us could believe that Superman had met his met his Waterloo, and 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 what was so what was so crazy about the whole thing was Dale's wife Teresa. She came and got me. She said, "Do you want to go tell Dale goodbye?" And I said, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I should or not. And she said, come on. And so we went in. And I'm telling you, the man, was, it looked like he was asleep. And I was scratching on him. Uh, he was just laying there. Uh, and, 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 I, and I said goodbye. And uh, it, was, it was just, uh, I've never been through a more emotional day in my whole entire life than I did that day. Yeah. Daryl, that's incredible insight. Greg, I, I had one question for you, Greg. Did not uh, Dale Earnhardt get the number 15 from your team? Uh, well, yeah, but uh, the, the one thing I was going to comment, talk about, uh, reflecting on what Daryl was at the moment that happened. Uh, you know, Daddy was, was starting to become ill, but it was still driving, uh, the, you know, his car quite a bit. And, um, we were sitting over there watching the 500 and saw the wreck. And, you know, and Daryl made his comment, and we was tickled to death because Michael had won it. And because Mike come real close to driving for us a couple of times. But, uh, anyway, everything was beautiful except that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the phone rings, and Pearson's on the other end. He said, and Daddy said, huh, what? What? I said, we don't. He said, and David was on the telephone. He said, uh, that wreck killed Earnhardt. I never seen my daddy cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't boohooing, but it, it, but that's as that's emotional stunned as I've ever seen him. I was pretty stunned too. I think we all were. I think the whole country yeah. was. Daryl, um, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that insight with us. That was that was an incredible story. I, I never heard of. I never heard that told before. I mean, I don't know if you've ever told it on the air before, but that was just, that's one of the most special moments in the history of this show. And uh, you know, thank well, you so much you know, for sharing let me that just say, let, Yeah, let me just say real quick that uh, there was so much that went on around Dale's death. Uh, you know, with the, whether the seatbelt broke or not and where the car went and where's the car now and where's Dale buried. And, I mean, it was so much secrecy. And nobody wanted to talk. Nobody would. I mean, Kenny Schrader, who's done an incredible, he was the first one to get to Dale's car. And so, so much is not, you know, people just seem like they were afraid to say anything. And it hadn't been until the last few years that people have opened up a little bit and actually talked about what they saw or what they knew or how they were involved. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's one of those deaths that changed the sport. Uh, Dale was yeah. Dale was an incredible guy, and his death and what what happened after that it changed the sport forever. Daryl, we we got to go here in a second. I didn't even yeah. get around to asking you about if you've got a dirt car ready for Bristol or anything because uh, <laughs> I know you uh, won so many times there, and they're putting dirt on it. But I, you were more of an asphalt track guy anyway, weren't you? I mean, I know you ran dirt, but I, I got the feeling you didn't like dirt as well as asphalt. No, sir. I never liked dirt because I don't want to get my car dirty. 
I didn't like to. <laughs> every time, every, every time you'd run on dirt, you'd have to come on throw the car wash all that. So no, I, look, I love Bristol. I loved it when it was asphalt. I liked it when it was concrete. I'm not so sure I'm going to like it as dirt. But Jerry Caldwell and that crowd, they know what they're doing, and so uh, I'm sure it'll be an exciting show. It is the saying go. It used to go around the garage here all the time, and that's Daryl Walter can win the race at Bristol driving a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and yep, all I got to do is look at a record book. Darrell, we got to let yep. you go. Can you say something yep. to get us out of here? Well, I don't, do you want me to say boogity, boogity, boogity? Let's go racing, boys. Yeah, would you? <laughs> yeah. That's the way we always end our interview with you. Let's go racing, boys. Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to the race this weekend. Okay, Daryl, thank you so much for coming on, and um, you're the highlight of the year. Thank you. We really appreciate it. All right, pal. No problem. All right. That was Daryl Waltrip, and uh, that was a a heck of a story that I never heard before. I've I've never heard it exactly like that, but that was true to the heart. And uh, I think it kept him from giving us a real good boogity, boogity, boogity there because <laughs> he sort of yeah. just said it. Greg, we are running way behind. Uh-huh. Hold those thoughts because we're going to have some time later on. We, Deb's probably waiting on us now. Matt, if you get us out of here, you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today. Conveniently located off I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. At Janney, your goals are our priority. When you work with Janney, it's about going beyond investing. It's about connecting your life and finances. When it comes to managing your wealth, you probably have plenty of questions and more than a little uncertainty. What you need is a plan built to connect your goals to your wealth. Financial advisor Trent Lancaster is here for you. Trent can build a tailored financial plan and make recommendations that are aligned with your best interests based on your unique needs, goals, and preferences. Conveniently located in the Spartanburg office, Trent can discuss how he can help you connect your life and finances. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jamie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Here comes lunchtime. You know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. 
You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd pleasing Budweiser brands, and world famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. Good morning, Deb. Welcome to Start Your Engines. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm sorry we ran a little bit over with Daryl Walter, but I've never heard anybody explain uh, Earnhardt's death and going into to, with Teresa to, to look at his you know, remains, and it was, uh, that was some pretty emotional stuff, and I think he got a little choked up, so we, we ran a bit over. If you want to stick around and come back after the top of the hour commercial, you can do that if you want to. Oh, well, I'm I'm actually on a deadline, but I appreciate it, but when you told me okay, that Daryl was going to be on before me, I knew we were going to run over a little bit. You were going to run over. <laughs> yeah, I should have scheduled you for 12, but anyway, Deb, uh, <laughs> All right, let's get let's get right to it. First of all, as you can see, our brilliant panel of experts didn't come close to picking the winner last week. So, uh, uh, Alan, who's already been chosen so far? Far and uh, and we'll give Dad the next pick. Well, we've had the thirty-four car, the eighteen car, twenty-one, and the nine. And you can well, have I, I picked the nine, but I will defer to you if you want it because uh, okay. Well, I appreciate that because that's the one I was going to take was the nine. Okay, you have him. You got okay, it. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Hey, I was yeah, only I was else. only two turns away from having the Daytona 500 winner right. I know you didn't, and uh, you did great. <laughs> but um, okay, so there was a lot to cover without a whole lot of time here, and I won't ever shortchange you again if I can help it. But what did we oh, see? What right. do you take away from all of that carnage? Excuse <laughs> me. Well, you know, the first thing you have to say is, unfortunately, that's the nature of the type of racing we have at Daytona and Talladega. And that's, you know, going in, that's what it is. And I wish it would change, but I think a lot of people have forgotten that it has been that way at Talladega and Daytona for many years. You know, you go back to one that Talladega crash on the backstretch in in the 1970s, and I think there were 22 yeah. cars involved in that. I believe that's the, the crash I'm thinking of is the one where Cale Yarborough thought he had lost his legs. And, um, you know, so unfortunately, we've had large crashes like that at Daytona and Talladega ever since the, the two tracks were built. And we've had, when it hadn't been multiple crashes, you know, think back, it was a crash at Daytona that ended Lee Petty's career when he right. and Johnny Beauchamp went out of the track. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, and Richard Petty actually went out of the track in a qualifying race before his father's crash. 
And that's correct. That's you right. know, that's, that's unfortunately right. they're, they're both went out of the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. And that was when Richard got Richard glasses within the convertible. Mm, not that. No, he wasn't in the convertible. Great. Not, not for that 59. race. He wasn't. No, 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 no. But I can tell you uh, this: they came to Spartanburg Fair. They came to the fairgrounds for the next race at Spartanburg, and they didn't have any '61 <laughs> Plymouths left. Oh, I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> you know, but um, you know, the bad thing is about those situations at Daytona and Talladega. When everybody gets to pushing and everyone gets to jostling. You know, those guys go into that pretty much of, we know this is what's going to happen on the last lap. And it's like Corey LaJoy said before the Daytona 500, Daytona and Talladega, you hold your wife for just a few seconds longer before you get into the car. And uh, there was another driver that said, I'll admit, I'm scared when I go to those two tracks. And you don't hear, you know, you used to didn't hear the drivers talk that way. But it was like it's always going to happen to somebody else, but not to me. But I think the drivers today, and particularly since we lost Dale Earnhardt, view it a little more realistically. You know, they know the danger going in, and they'll talk about it more. The other drivers one that were around when I first started covering the sport, they didn't want to talk about it. You just didn't bring it up. They'd just say, well, you know, yeah, that's racing, but it's not going to happen to me. But I can remember back when Jeff Bodine was driving for Hendrick Motorsports, and he and Kathy Bodine were married, and Kathy just ripped the medical service that existed at Talladega at that time and she told me, she said I know Jeff is going to have one bad crash in his career and I'm just hoping that when he does have it he has it at a track that's near a really good trauma unit and even though Now, I will say, you know, NASCAR has come tremendous leaps and bounds from what it was in the 1980s when she made that statement regarding the medical care and the medical team and everything. I mean, it's light years better than what it was then. But even though Jeff and Kathy were divorced when he had his bad truck crash at Daytona, what she said to me what, 20, 15 years earlier came to my mind at that exact point because I thought, you know, he he's had this bad truck crash, but we're right up the road from Halifax, which, well, I had an excellent trauma center and, and right there with the, the doctors and all. And, you know, now the doctors actually go to the crashes. You know, there was a doctor on site at Ryan Newman's crash. They, they get and they go to the crash site. So it's so much better like I said, a lot years better than, and kudos to NASCAR for making all the improvements they have. But people act like who have not been around the sport for a long time. These multi-car crashes are something that happened just recently, but they've happened at these tracks ever since they've been in existence. Um, Austin Sendrick noted this was the first time that he had ever been in a crash where fire was. 
and he didn't know if his car was on fire or if somebody else's was, and he said that he was thankful that they only had two laps of fuel left in his car. He said that fire was very hot, and he started unhooking his equipment, not his safety harness, not his seat belts and all, but he had started unhooking his his helmet from the connection and, and everything so that if his car was the one on fire, as soon as it stopped, he could get out of that car. Well, they're on the road course tomorrow and, of course, today for the Xfinity race and the truck race last night, which took them three overtimes to finish. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to be a little slower, but I don't th- – yeah, it's going to be a little slower, but I don't, it probably won't be too much less hectic as uh, as you can see in the Bush Clash, the way it finished. So uh, I, they're going to probably bend up a lot of cars in the next two races. Well, you know, you think so, but if you remember when they went to the Daytona Road Course for the first time last summer, the um, by the time we got through the truck race and the Xfinity race, or I don't remember if yeah, the trucks were there, I think. But anyway, by the time we got to the cup race, everybody had learned what not to do, Man. and it was fairly boring. So, you know, with a road course, you just never know, but I think that... Uh, I don't think you'll have see a lot of them going off course like you did last night in the truck race. And, of course, you know, in the truck race last night, you might have two trucks off course or one up against the wall and one off course at different places on the racetrack. So, when with the mud, they were getting stuck because of the, yeah. the rain. But uh, I think it'll definitely be interesting because... You know, the drivers have been knowing that with all the road courses that are on the schedule this year, which is the most since 1957, I think it was in 1964, when they had four road courses for the Cup Series, they've really been spending a lot of time on the simulators, and they know they have to get more proficient at road racing. And, you know, they're expanding their horizons, so to speak. And I know even last night somebody asked Ben Rhodes if he would like to drive in the 24 hours of Daytona. And he said he definitely would like to drive in the 24 hours of Daytona. So this age group now is more interested in road racing, and they know they've gotten to be, they have become more proficient, and they have to become even better at it because the days of bringing in a ringer for a road race are gone. That's exactly what I was going to say. We probably only got a minute or two left here. How will Michael McDowell's life change? I don't think he really fully understands all of it. I thought he did an excellent job with his TV interview on Kelly and Ryan show. I just hate that he's not getting to enjoy all of it. But, you know, from the, for the rest of his life now, he'll have that title, Daytona 500 champion Michael McDowell. And I think that he will find basically what he will have to deal with is being more well-known. People will know yes. him more. You know, that's a that's just something that comes with being the Daytona 500 champion. Instead of knowing him for the crash at Texas. Exactly. And, you know, it's yeah. interesting. Someone said that in the post-race interview when he came in. Yeah, they said, well, now, Michael, you can move on and you don't have to be known for the crash at Texas anymore. You can be known as the Daytona 500 champion. Yeah. Well, Deb, 
You're the best. We appreciate you coming on. I know we've got to be pretty much right up against the break for the top of the hour. Thank you so much. I won't take up any of your – I won't take it up, up into your spot anymore. We'll figure something out, or I will in advance. But uh, um, Oh, that's okay. Like I said, love listening you told to me you. Was, that's okay. No problem. Like I said, when you told me Daryl was coming on, I knew I was going to be shortchanged a little bit on time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well, in right. fact, we told Daryl, you know, he was talking about how our show had grown, and I said, well, we lost Nelson, but we got Deb Williams, and, you know, he's pretty impressed with who we have on our show, so. Uh, A bunch of people good. are impressed. Yeah. That's, that's good. Well, Daryl's exactly right. good, you know. I think the world of him and Stevie, so uh, I don't well, mind, and I, up there and I just hate I didn't hear his story. <laughs> well, uh, we got a podcast. You can just. Uh, search the podcast for uh, Start Your Engines, and uh, Lanny will have it on there later today. Thank you, Deb. Okay. We appreciate that it, and we look good. forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Have a good week. Bye. You too. Bye bye. Nice see you, Deb. That's, I'll see you next week. That's Deb Williams. Who? Uh, yeah. Well, I got to make sure. Well, got to make sure she gets all of her time. I don't know if I need to move her to twelve o'clock permanently or not, because. Uh, <laughs> That legend, we need to sort of have the flexibility to let him uh, or her keep talking if they want to. Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, like I said, uh, Daryl had a lot to talk about, and we didn't get half to the stuff. No, no, we didn't. No, we... But, uh, okay, well, we're going to come back. We're going to take our top-of-the-hour break and come back with Bobby Bennett. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. We are Fox Sports. We're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3, Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg. We are Fox Sports. And here's what you need to know. Today, 23-year-old Naomi Osaka won her fourth Grand Slam championship already, capturing the Australian Open over American Jennifer Brady, 6-4-6-3. In the NBA Friday night, give them hell. Joel. Joel, double team, baseline fadeaway up and good. String music, high arcing baseline, step back shot is good. On the money, 49, and Embiid is flexing for the front office. The venerable Tom McGinnis with a call on WPEN as Embiid finished with a career high 50 in the Sixers' 112 to 105 victory over the Chicago Bulls. He also had 17 rebounds, five assists, four blocks, and two steals. Jamal Murray scored a career-high 50 in Denver's win at Cleveland. Nikola Jokic added a triple-double, 16 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. The Brotherhood plays here. Flying in, reverses it. Open in for two. Count it. Happy New Year indeed. We have you covered all season long for the excitement of Blue Devil basketball. Pre-game coverage starts one hour before each game. Jumps up. And ties the game. Cold-blooded. Duke basketball can be heard here on the Blue Devil Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. 
Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Kaposi Glassmart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Kaposi Glassmart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Kaposi Glassmart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Kaposi Glassmart, serving the upstate since 1975. Kaposi Glassmart, helping your team win. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM 3 studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. <laughs> Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motorsports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Start your engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, live from Impex Pre-Owned here in on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs, uh, South Carolina. It's just past North Spartanburg Baptist Church. is on the right side of the road, and you go down the dip and come up the hill on the other side, and we're on the left-hand side of the road. And they've uh, got us set up very nicely here, and we appreciate them bringing us on and letting us do our remote from here. And uh, they got a lot of nice cars out there in the, in the car lot. Got some good ones. Uh, I've seen everything from luxury cars to some some of these newfangled cars uh, that run real fast. They, they they got some nice rides out there. Well, I hope. Somebody doesn't buy my Mustang because <laughs> I parked right out there amongst them. Well, I kind of parked mine around back. I said, well, I'm not parking mine up here. <laughs> We're waiting to get Bobby Bennett on the line here. Uh, he was um, going to be in the studio, and then he's going to be on um, – Hopefully, we'll get him on the phone, so uh, it sort of caused us to have to adjust on the fly here, which we're, we're real good at. Okay, so we will uh, just carry on here. Yeah, um, I'd, like, I'd like to ask Daryl about the deal with, uh, you know, some drivers seem to be able to win the Daytona 500, but then they can't win a championship. But some drivers can win a championship, but seem not to be able to win the Daytona 500. And I was kind of wanting to say, you know, uh, you've seen the excitement, you know, I mean, David Pearson, he got one. You got Dale Earnhardt, he got him one. Darrell Waltrip got him one. Yeah. And something about that Daytona 500 just means, I don't know if it's just one time a year, which championship's only one time a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, Denny Hamlin's had a couple of close calls. I don't know if it was one Championships. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but closest. Uh, <laughs> closest first loser, Perry. Yeah, well, I know that. Speaking of Dale Earnhardt, I think that's what he came up with. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we've, uh, uh, 
we've covered a lot of ground here in our first hour, and we've got two more to go, and we're waiting to see if we can get Bobby Bennett on here. But I tell you what, otherwise, um, until we get Bobby, do you want to do some local stuff there, well, Dale? Cause, I mean, uh, Alan, because we're going to move right into uh, okay. your special guest eventually well, here. Coming up at 1120, we got the track promoter over at Cherokee Speedway, Mr. Scott Childers. And uh, he'll be telling us about the upcoming race tomorrow afternoon over there at Cherokee Speedway. So uh, if you don't have plans for tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be a nice, pretty sunny day. You can go over here and get some racing. As a matter of fact, I've... Uh, Kind of like a little inside joke, Mr. Wilson. Yeah, how is Mr. I called, Wilson? I called the hospital and told him to take him out of his coma. We had him in an induced coma for the last three months because there's been no racing. I told him, I said, take him out of his coma because he can go to go to the racetrack tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, uh, you scared me there. <laughs> but, uh, I can see him in some cryogenic chamber or something there. But also, today, the Carolina Speedway up in Gastonia was supposed to have their open practice today but since we had all the rain on thursday afternoon they have not had time to get the track ready and uh so they have canceled their practice at carolina speedway this afternoon also today harris has canceled their race uh actually they're gonna have a race today but had had to cancel it due to all the rain that we've had on uh thursday and the cold weather so uh those two racetracks have been a cancel as far as today but uh since uh, Carolina Speedway is going to be opening up their big deal, uh, I'd say next Friday, so I guess we need to talk about it a little bit today. Okay, go right ahead. On Friday, they're going to have the Lightning Lake models up there with the Super Sportsman, Thunder Bombers, and Thunder Sportsmans, and Pure Stock Divisions on Friday night up at Carolina Speedway. Uh, hate to tell you this, uh, racing is going to kind of start about 7.15 on Friday night, since everybody has to work on Friday, so... It's still going to be a little cool up there, especially yeah. when the sun goes down. So uh, I advise you to wrap up pretty good. Uh, stands are going to open up up there at 4 p.m. $15 to get in the stands. Pits is $25. Pits is going to open up at 3 p.m. Then they're going to come back on Saturday. Now, Saturday, since it's on a weekend, they're going to start a little bit earlier up there. From what I see, the stands is going to open up at 2 o'clock there. Lightning the Lake Moss is going to pay uh, $1,500 to win. Super Sportsman is going to pay $1,000 to win. Pro Force, $750. And the Hornets are $500. They did not give me a list of uh, how much they're going to pay out on Friday night as far as some of the divisions like uh, Thunder Bomber, Thunder Sportsman, Pure Stock. Because them boys is going to be a one-night show up there. From what I see, they will not be coming back on Saturday. But... Uh, like I say, we're fixing to get revved up around here as far as our local dirt tracks. And talking about dirt tracks, and you are talking about Daryl. Yep. Daryl said he didn't want to get his car dirty and stuff. That's right. But you don't. You don't he said that before. Too, he but. said that before, but <laughs> I was wanting to tell him that real dirt cars don't have windshields. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the rest of it gets pretty muddy, the, though, doesn't the, it? The, the, the real dirt cars will not have a windshield up in front of them. I was they, up in I mean, They do good if they, they got a screen. They, got, they, they just got that helmet. It's got them tariffs, and you'll see them tariffs. If you if you back yeah, there yeah, between third and fourth. They have a stack on them about, about yeah. a half inch. And 
about every two corners they have. Because uh, Danny will tell Jada, Jada takes care of Danny's helmet and stuff like it. And she'll, if Danny's starting on the front row, he'll say, oh, I'll just put three on there. If we haven't started rear, he'll say, put 10 or 12. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've got to come a long way. Um, the, but, uh, uh, no, go ahead. But uh, like I say, we're going to have a little discussion with Scott Childers there. We talked to Tony A. there. That's one of the partners over there. Tony's he's up at uh, Asheville today. He's a big bowler, and he's bowling a tournament at Asheville. So I'd uh, like to wish him some good luck up there on that tournament. And yeah. Like I say, here coming up here at 1120, we'll be talking to Scott Childers. Scott Childers actually got an award for being promoter of the late models divisions, the Lucas Oil or the World of Outlaws last year for being number one promoter of the United States. Good, Ness Eleven. That's a lot. Covers a lot of ground. That's because he owns Livonia Speedway too. Okay, and I didn't of, know all that. A lot of times he'll bring these boys in here, just like I think last year, uh, to bring to be able to get the super late models in here four and five times in one year. Yeah, you've got to have. Uh, a good you got, program. You got to have a good program. Yeah, and he'll start them off here. He got the ultimate series here this tomorrow, but now coming two weeks, he'll have what we call March Madness over there. March Madness is a big deal as far as everybody knows with the super late models, and he will pack the house. Um, how about our farmer up there in the northern part of the county? Uh, the farmer. Uh, is he? Uh, I've heard. I've heard gearing some, up, or is he? Got... I've, I've heard some rumors about our farmer up here, Mister Wally Fowler. Yeah, building him a new race car. He's uh, going. He's going. From what I hear, I hadn't really talked to him, but uh, I hear he's moving away from that least spring car and going to a coal car. So uh, is, is he finally going to do that? I think he's finally going to try to make that leap over. You know, a lot of times we talk about. Uh, Kind of like uh, Darrell Walter was talking about Dale Earnhardt up there racing at Metrolina Speedway and stuff like that. Back in, it was all Camaros back in. You had to have a Lee Spring car up there. Yep. He raced up there with people like Hayward Plyer and Bosco Lowe and... Stick Elliott? Stick Elliott. Yep. I had Stick Elliott on this line right here, too, and he's talking about this. All those both. guys were good dirt racers. Yeah, and he's talking about he, had, he said he had to get away from that because... That was a little rough. Yeah, you had to be a little rough. <laughs> like, like Which real. he was rough, too. But how'd he get his name? Stick Elliot? Yeah. Oh-wee. he sticked you. <laughs> yeah. uh, he drove my daddy's car. Oh, is that won, right? And won a couple of races at Cherokee Speedway with it. Well, good. And uh, he was he was a big man. Yeah, I, Which, saw, uh, I saw him. Uh, that I believe he'd take the air off his spoiler going in the corner, wouldn't he? Uh, no, he'd just help your spoiler if you didn't have one. He'd help stand it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was uh, kind of like, like I told Danny. I told him, I said, look here. If you take the lead on about the next two laps and... Uh, don't look back. You just keep mashing that gas. Don't 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 hold back a little bit because they some of these old boys they're just driving there about two or three car lengths deeper just to say uh I'm I'm sorry. You know, I went up to that thing a couple of years ago, fall before last in Gastonia. I went straight from the show up there and I didn't uh South Carolina was playing Georgia and I said, Well I'm not gonna waste my time watching this. Of course South Carolina won the game. By accident, I guess, but uh, they had a they had Sticks car up there, uh, Chevelle. I think it's a show picture. It blew with a yellow. Number fifty-seven. Number fifty-seven. That was whenever he's driving his own car. Yeah, 
Now, whenever he's driving my daddy's car, it's white and gold 27. Right. Now, I remember him. Uh, I remember Stick running uh, some Grand National back for, uh, who was that guy? Was a Pon- I remember he had a Pontiac number two for a while. He had a number 18 that he drove. But um, uh, Toy Bolton? Or Toy something? Bolton. Uh, yeah. Marshall Tucker type deal. Remember, he had the Marshall Tucker uh, sponsorship there for a while. I didn't know that. Yes, he did. I remember that now. Yep. I know that they got involved with one of those one of those models or yep. one, of them, one of them good dirt cars. Yep, toy boat. Well, have you name in a while? Is uh, the twenty five T still sitting over in the corner? It's still sitting over in that corner. Got it. Oh me, oh me. We got to get that thing out. There. <laughs> it's still sitting over in the corner. I didn't even. I think I walked out to my shop twice this week. Yeah, and uh, we got to get that thing back out there. I just kind of you're yeah. talking about dirt racing. Uh, I know I went up one time to uh, back when uh, Mr. Parr up in Boiling Springs used to sponsor the show. I'd have to go up there once a month and get a check from him. Yes, sir. And uh, he had come back from some place and had washed his car, and there was more racetrack on the ground. Or I said, "You need to take some of this back. They probably need that dirt back because you." Uh, you collected quite a bit of it. Well, see, that, that's for people that after the race, you know, after our main event, if you ever notice me, I'm, I'm down there scraping dirt off. I try to leave it with them. I don't try to take <laughs> it back to my house. But some people after the race, that's just, he took a it, bunch back. Yeah, they just they just leave the car sitting there and just roll it up in the trailer, and I'm I'm right there trying to push and, all the dirt off of it, and and after know. the second the second generation gets hold of, they got enough asphalt, put some stuff in, make their own racetrack. So I guess that's. Yeah. Uh, recycling or something. No, I'm just, I'm, I, you wouldn't want to mess up your trailer with all that mud and everything. Well, it's somehow or another, it stays on that car. It depends on if you put that Tide detergent to it. It'll stick to the race car <laughs> three days later. Yeah. And, I mean, sometimes after the race, you want to go down there and get mud to make sure that you're going to weigh enough whenever you go across scales. And sometimes you already know that you weigh enough, and you just uh, come on down pit road and... Sometimes we kind of like Winston Cup. We kind of go there knowing that, okay, we're going to go out there and run a, let's say, a 15-lap race. Well, if I look out there and I see all top cars out there, and I know we're not going to have too many cautions, I won't put as much fuel in my car. To whereas I look out there and I say, well, uh, here's a caution, here's a caution, here's a caution. Now I'm going to have to put four or five more gallons of fuel in my car because we're going to have about four or five cautions that we're going to have to take off on. And my driver's got a big foot. And I mean, he he pushes it down in that full barrel. And uh, so you burn up fuel, you burn up weight. And so we have to try to get it back on there with mud. I'll look at him sometimes after the heat race and say, hey, was there any mud down on the bottom of the racetrack? Sometimes he'll look at me and he says, there's plenty. <laughs> I said, well, I ain't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> that good old Georgia red clay. Well, yeah. some of it's Carolina red clay. It's Carolina. Yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, let me ask you a question. I was thinking about this earlier in the week. Spartbird Chevrolet changed its name. Greenway Chevrolet. They still got the same service manager? It's Danny Tesnier. Okay. All right. Oh, well, I mean, he's over the shop. He's shop foreman down there. Oh, okay. And uh, service, uh, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what service manager, you know, type deal he is. I just know that he's over the shop out there. I got you. And he kind of, he got his own little office up in there and he has to go out there sometimes out on the floor and they got a problem with something that 
he has to put his hands on yeah. too with something like that. Because okay. a lot of times he has to go like twice a year up to Charlotte and stay like two or three days up there to the GM school. Right. Which is at Hendricks. Is that right? Well, he took Jade. He took Jade up there, and next thing you know, she's sitting over here beside Hendrix Motors. Uh They had them on display and stuff like that. Hendrix race cars. Yeah, I bet the hit shop. And uh, but it's it's actually a GM training deal to where I ain't gonna say where they they've noticed that certain problems on new cars that they haven't coming up and stuff like that, and they like to get all the shop foreman's up there and let them say, all right, this is, this is the way this is going to be. I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but I was a service manager. Worst job I ever had at a Murphy Cadillac Pontiac, which used to be there where Two Samuels Restaurant is now on Henry Street. And I was fortunate enough to be the service manager in 1978 when they downsized everything. And you talk about a mess. None of, none of our mechanics had metric tools. About half the bolts, you know, they downsized everything, and they had those little bitty space saver tires, and the, the yep. metric bolts were all painted blue, and um, and about half of them, or more than that, none of my <laughs> the mechanics had metric tools. It was awful. It was well, terrible. Well, I kind of noticed on my truck out here, I've lost oil pressure gauge, and you know, I, as long as you don't hear nothing clacking and everything else, you know, you got oil pressure. So I told Danny, he said it's just the sending unit. It's back there at the back of the block. And I kind of popped the hood at my shop and looked back in there, and I said, this thing ain't easy to get to. I called Danny up, and he said, well, you got to take a certain socket and cut it in half, and you got to have your long <laughs> extension with a wiggly on it and get down in there to it. He said, you really can't see it, but you can feel it. I said, <laughs> I ain't worried about oil pressure anyway. <laughs> if, it, if it stops, it just stops, and I'll just stop on the side of the road and call him to send me a wrecker. <laughs> What did that wrench have on it? A wiggly? Yeah, a wiggly. You know, you uh, yeah. have socket with a wiggly on yeah, it. What do you call a wiggly? I never heard I mean, that before. It, it, oh, yeah. all right. Let's take a break here. Matt, back at the and studio. Show, We're going to take a break. Danny knows and I, what he's doing. Oh, Danny knows he what he's doing. how to make his own wrench. Yes. Make his own hole to go through. Let's take a break here and come back, and we're going to have Scott Childers on from uh, Cherokee Speedway. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. You already know Carolina Driveline is the upstate's leader for custom drive shafts and high-performance racing. But did you know Carolina Driveline also specializes in agricultural and industrial equipment? Carolina Driveline can keep your equipment moving so you're never down for long. And when the work week ends, Carolina Driveline's 37 years of experience can deliver the best in off-road racing and 4x4 solutions. Whether it's your workday equipment, your everyday car, or your weekend 4x4, Carolina Driveline is your high-performance solution. Find out more at carolinadriveline.com. Here comes lunchtime. You know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. 
Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janney Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Welcome back to Start Your Engines, live from Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs. And uh, having a little trouble getting Scott Childers, you... Uh... Uh, takes to Miss Warren about... Uh... <laughs> okay, then let's get on with it. We got him on the line here. And uh, good morning, Scott. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing this morning? We're doing great. Uh, Scott Allen Hill here. So you're going to start your opening season tomorrow afternoon at Cherokee Speedway. This will be about your, what, sixth or seventh year over there? I think we're on starting year number five, yes, sir. Starting year number five, and everything's been looking up. Everything's been, y'all been doing a whole lot of improvements to the racetrack and running a lot of good shows over there. And tomorrow, y'all going to start off with the extreme dirt cars. Yes, sir. We got the uh, the Drydeen uh, series coming in, which is, uh, you know, they're tied in with the World of Outlaw group and um, look forward to it. They're, they're a great bunch to work with, and they always, uh, you know, they got a good following. So and we got some good names coming tomorrow. Yep. As a matter of fact, I talked to one of them this morning. That was uh, Zach Mitchell's father, and I asked him, I said, you know, Zach's going to be driving the Barry Wright house car this year. And I said, y'all going to make Cherokee tomorrow? And he said, yes, we are. So uh, that's 157. I guess he'll be still the 57 car. And uh, he'll be there at Cherokee Speedway, one of our local drivers here. Yes, sir. In the super late models. Uh, anything going on with the racetrack? Well, we've Besides, got... Uh, um, we, we've got plans. We were going to uh, extend the wall up a little bit in one and two just so we could get that top lane, you know, moved up maybe a foot dirt-wise and um, just to get the cars up on top of the track a little bit better. But this uh, the weather has not cooperated, so I will not be ready 
to do we, we're out here working on the track now and um but we will not have that wall extended by tomorrow so that'll be a, well, probably a project right after march madness well everybody knows how this weather is i mean uh <laughs> there ain't much you can <laughs> do especially bad. During... <laughs> yeah, yeah. hey it's I not raining today and tomorrow so. That's what I tell somebody. Somebody's talking about uh, Bristol going to dirt and stuff like that. We had Darrell Walter up on early, and he said he didn't like driving dirt. I said, well, real dirt cars don't have windshields. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) But uh, you also on the program going to have the 602 Crate Lake models? Yes, sir. Paying a thousand to win. We'll have them. And you also got the street stock division, a real popular division here lately. Uh, a lot of these boys is going to the street stock division. You're going to pay them 2500 Yes, sir. Um, and, that, you know, that, that division is it's getting popular. And the, the good thing about it is they run those rules are common all over America. So you can, you know, when you, when you have divisions like that, you can put on the 5000 10000 to win. And uh, that, that I, I think it's going to be a really good division for us this year. I've had a lot of interest calls on it. Yes, sir. Also in that division, also in your division, another popular division is the Thunder Bomber division. And yes, you're going to pay them a thousand dollars. Yes, sir. And uh, everybody knows that Thunder Bomber division. Uh, you know, it's it's. I think it's kind of one step above the pure stock division. Is you you let the boys kind of do a little bit, but you still try to hold them to where it's not so much as far as cost wise. Yeah, you know me and um, Robin Caldwell and Tim Yates, and Marion Limbaugh, When I was at Harris years ago, they uh, we were trying to figure out how to back then a renegade car, which is you know the stock car. Um, and a, and a pure stock motor, and that was the rule. It was, a, it was whatever motor that the pure stock runs, and whatever car that your Renegade and the old stock eight, whatever they run, we're going to combine the two, and that's that's really where Thunder Bomber started. And um, it was just everybody really liked it uh, to begin that's with. That's interesting. I didn't know of, that. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's how it started. Me. Tim Yates and Tim was teching for me, and then uh, Robin was teching for me at Harris and uh, Marion Limbaugh. He, he's always uh, I drag him into about everything I get into. <laughs> so he's he's been a long time friend. And uh, you also have something to do with Livonia Speedway. Yeah, I, when you I playing actually, on? What, when... So Go yeah, Livonia. I'm sorry, uh, Livonia Speedway. Me and my brother actually purchased that last year, so we actually own that, and um, they're practicing today. They got their okay. uh, an open practice today, yes, sir. And then we start next weekend with the uh, what we call the Spring Natty, and it'll be uh, racing on Saturday and Sunday, a two day event. So. So it's kind of it's kind of got your uh, schedule kind of complicated as far as I think Livonia you race on Friday night and most of the time you race at Cherokee Speedway on Saturday night and yes, sir. you you got a plate slam full <laughs> I got a full plate <laughs> but I, I love I love the sport and this is as far as on the weekends this is all I know you know I don't I don't do hunting or fishing or anything like that and I was brought up 
you know, my dad used to own Fountain Inn Speedway, and I was brought up in the racing world, so I, I don't know anything different. Uh, <laughs> uh, and actually, you drove a race car. I think I saw I a world crown crown trophy that had your name on it at an engine shop one time. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, we, the, four, uh, the four cylinders. Yes, sir. I raced four cylinders and then ran late models and um, up until about r- roughly 2009, 2008. Well, I was telling uh, Perry and Greg here with me that uh, I think it was uh, the year before since we had this COVID deal here last year. That I think you got uh, what they call promoter of the year from uh, a big series here. Is that I, I true? did, uh, yes, sir. Uh, the World of Outlaws uh, gave me the Promoter of the Year award in, in 2019. So that was a uh, that was a big honor, and that is a big know, deal. That was only for the United States, though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when you say, <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> but Outlaw don't. Outlaw really don't mean go with it. I mean, you know. <laughs> We're talking to Scott Childress of uh, Cherokee Speedway. Um, S- Scott, I, did you bring in any dirt from out, out of the area to, to get the track ready, or um, h- how did you do that? That's a funny story. Um, so last well, let's, year, let's have I, a laugh. <laughs> all right. Last year, and I know Mr. Hill remembers, I had the first part of the year, I was and I, I'm in the grading world for a living, and that just tears me up to have a bad racetrack. And uh, I believe it was the July 4th race, and it was rough, and I had to go jump on the motor grader during intermission. And I, I told Tony, my partner, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I mean, we're going to do something different. I cannot continue to do this. And uh, Mike Galt was next door doing some grading and he called me and he said I have run into some dirt that is you know it's, a, it's the good blood red dirt that's hard to find and that's what you look for and uh, I drove up there on a on a Monday night and looked at it and it was it was some good dirt and I told Tony I said well, let's take next weekend off and we're going to work on the track and we got to get it straightened out and we put that we probably put 150 we probably put 150 loads on it, roughly. Big, you know, like the big off off road truck loads. It has been phenomenal. It's been good ever since. Uh, we're out here working on the track now, and I mean, the track looks great. And where did the dirt come from? From next door. <laughs> At the right next door. From next door. Uh, about, about 200 yards, Perry. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 it it's was, about two. Uh, you talk about getting lucky. Now we got lucky. Um, and I, I'm telling you, it is hard. I look, you know, I look for that kind of dirt. I, even when we're grading job sites, when you run into a, you know, just the good kind of clay, they, it makes your job site easier. And I mean, it, it's you know, it's the same is true in the racing world. You, the, the better the dirt, the easier it is to work, and it it holds water better and doesn't get rough. And you know, it stays stays in place when you when you roll it in and uh, we we got some good dirt on it it'll it'll be good for a while for sure yeah, yeah. do you use detergent no uh, not, i mean me. not, he he, it, that fascinates me that you'd put tide in the racetrack or something 
I told him that well, sometimes these, these these promoters will put dome detergent or something like it in the water, and it kind of makes it. But everybody knows calcium does a whole lot better. But you know, but sometimes it, if you got the right kind of clay, you just you just go with you just natural. Took, you just took the words out of my mouth. I mean, we were I mean we were trying all kinds of stuff the first part of the year with uh, you know the VP dust detergent. We tried everything there was, and when you when you got the good clay that holds water, it, you don't have to use anything. Kind of, kind of like us uh, racers trying to treat our tires to get a little bit better traction. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about on that. <laughs> we don't know about that. We're sending tires off. we got a company up here that checks your tires for any kind of foreign stuff or whatever. You know, That's right. track promoters try Tide, Dome, Calcium, whatever, and we all trying to fight each other. <laughs> Boy, it works. All racing. That is, that, is how, that is how it works. I mean that's funny, but I but I've noticed sometimes whenever my car comes in off the racetrack and I have a hard time scraping that clay off from up out from underneath it, I said, "Boy, he's put something to this racetrack." <laughs> yeah, you probably know uh, when I mean, we did, didn't you? Yes, I know. <laughs> but you can you can always remember and see it. And I, it's that red clay, and when you get it just right, if you got the right stuff, just yeah. a good base to start with, then it's less. There, there's less maintenance on that. Well, it's kind of like this. If he puts something in the racetrack, I ain't got to put nothing in my tires. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> kind of like a good cheeseburger from that concession stand over there. If it's right, you ain't got to do nothing to it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to throw all that ketchup on it, do you? <laughs> no, sir. I, I was reading something here. Is SRI still going to be your parts trailer down there? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, we have a great relationship huh? with SRI. Yeah, they will be there. I, I, I noticed, uh, don't get me wrong, there was something kind of up on the web board where he was going to be at Lancaster, plus he's going to be at Carolina this year because Steve Heinz had lost his deal with the with the parts trailer and stuff. And I said, well, there's talking about Steve Heinz is going to be at Lancaster Speedway on Saturday night, which I know they got more employees than Josh there. So I just didn't know if, if we was going to have a different parts which, if you no, go to that parts trailer, I told him. I told him. I said, "Boy, if you need a part, all you got to do is come to this parts trailer." Yeah, yeah. We're not. Uh, we got a great relationship with SRI, and I, as a matter of you know, when you, it's funny you mentioned that, I called Josh when I saw that on the computer. I said, "Hey, <laughs> I, I know y'all got multiple trailers, but I I want to make sure Josh Flynn is is the one that's coming to Cherokee." He said, "Yes, sir." Yep. All right. So, and Mr. Hill, you know yep. that he is. He knows his stuff. I mean, he's that is a great. That's a great company. Oh, um, yeah, great. And, company, and they've been great yeah, guy. You know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's hard enough that I got to pull the money out of my pocket, and give it to the parts trailer, but I couldn't <laughs> find a nicer fella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh, Josh is he's as good as they come. He really is. Because uh, I, I could take I could take him I could take him on stage and say I need a which Daryl was talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, he was talking about tire sizes whenever Hoosier and Goodyear got into it in NASCAR and stuff about the size. I could text Josh and say, look here, I need an 88 and a half, an 88 and three quarters, and an 89. And just as soon as he gets to the racetrack, I'm standing there and I got your three tires laying right here, Mr. Hill. And when you yeah. got a driver, I mean, a parts man like that, I mean, 
it doesn't matter. Instead yeah. of one just shows up and says, there you go. Yeah, but, you're right. Uh, Those guys are hard to find. Yes, it is. Uh, they give it that time, love, and tenderness. You got to do that with raised tires. I see where your gates are going to open up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Action's going to yes, start sir. over there about 2 p.m. And, uh, That's correct. We know that there's a, uh, you know, it's it's on Sunday and there's a church right down the road. And like it's like I tell a lot of these people, we always, you know, pray and stuff like that before our races. And we still stand for the flag and everything at Cherokee Speedway. Absolutely, and that's the great thing about this dirt track racing is, I mean, we've, we've all stuck together through this, and, you know, we're not, uh, we're not changing to conform to, you know, what, what the society's becoming, and, yep. uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty big in politics, and follow it, keep up with it, and, I mean, it, you know, it's pretty sad. But, but one thing I mean, dirt these uh, the dirt track guys—they've all stuck together, and you know they you know where they stand, and and they don't uh, you know they don't really waver yeah, told, from that. I told Danny and Jada there a couple of times whenever you pull up to the gate, and they still take your temperature there at the gate. I told Danny, I said, turn the heat on wide up and get my forehead real hot. He said, why? I said, because we passed that out back at Steakhouse over here. <laughs> I said, they can deny us coming in here. He said, looked at me, and he said, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, that, we are pushing what, Kier Perry? Yeah, 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 they ought to take some of them's temperature during the race, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, sometimes, which I had, uh, sometimes you can kind of watch it crowd. Perry, Perry actually come over to a dirt race here about two years ago. Yeah, it was and, one of those. And it was one of them nights that it rained. Somebody <laughs> tried to take me out of the track in a golf cart and we got to the top of the bank and slid all the way back to the bottom. I, I hopped out right before when he went sliding back to the bottom. So, uh, But that was a lot of fun. And uh, Scott, we appreciate you coming on the show and you're welcome to come on anytime and tell us about what's going on over there and promote your promote whatever you got. We're uh, Okay. We will always have time for the promoters a year. And I wanted to say one thing. Go. I'm trying to get me a press pass so I can get in over there. Is that going to work with you? Yeah, you just you send me a text in the morning. I'll I'll hook you up. <laughs> you coming tomorrow, Mister? You coming tomorrow, Mister Hill? I might come over to watch. I don't know. I'll, okay. I'll put something on Fox Letterhead for you. There you go. There you go. That's a working member of but, the press. Uh, everybody knows that crowd's going to show up at Cherokee Speedway. Yeah. Scott, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate hey, it. I, and you're welcome to come on anytime. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. And you know, thank you for uh, for what y'all do for the racing community. So I look, I look forward to being back. Y'all, y'all let me know whenever I'm ready. Well, I, okay. We'll have you on, and we appreciate it. That's Scott Childers. And we're gonna um, we're gonna take a break here and come back. I hope with Bobby Bennett to talk some drag racing. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. It starts your engines. At Janney, your goals are our priority. When you work with Janney, it's about going beyond investing. It's about connecting your life and finances. When it comes to managing your wealth, you probably have plenty of questions and more than a little uncertainty. What you need 
is a plan built to connect your goals to your wealth. Financial advisor Trent Lancaster is here for you. Trent can build a tailored financial plan and make recommendations that are aligned with your best interests based on your unique needs, goals, and preferences. Conveniently located in the Spartanburg office, Trent can discuss how he can help you connect your life and finances. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jamie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership, family-owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today, conveniently located up I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Football season is coming. Whether you're a Spartanburg Viking fan or a Chapman Panther, a Gamecock or a Tiger, whether you're a Carolina Panthers or a Washington football team fan, we can all agree that we can't wait for kickoff. Make sure you're ready for football season by visiting Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio will get your car ready for football with new speakers so you can hear the games clearly. Elite Audio has everything you need to make your ride more enjoyable from stereos and speakers to DVD players and navigation systems. So get your car ready for football season and go see the experts at Elite Audio on Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Founded in 1997, R.J. Rockers is Spartanburg's original brewery and go-to stop in downtown Spartanburg. But R.J. Rockers is so much more than a brewery. It's an entertainment destination with a tap room featuring great food, a weekday hoppy hour, trivia night, live entertainment, and special events throughout the year. Follow Spartanburg's original brewery on social media and rjrockers.com. Now let's get the latest drag racing news from the publisher and editor of CompetitionPlus.com, Bobby Bennett. Good morning, Bobby. Welcome to Start Your Engines. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Well, we know we had to shuffle the schedule around a little bit here, but we... uh, we're proud to have you on the show so we can expand our horizons into drag racing and uh, so tickled to have you with us. So uh, why don't you just take it and uh, tell us what's going on in the world of drag racing that um, that we need to know about and anything that's coming up locally around here. You just, it's well, all, guys, the floor I'm, is yours, buddy. Well, guys, I'm just a, a kid from Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina, who had a dream to, to be involved in drag racing. And here I am. What, 40-something years later, just killing it here. <laughs> but anyway, uh, for, for drag racing fans, uh, last year, the, the the pandemic season, 2020, was 
was not exactly the best for some because their favorite driver was not racing, John Ford. Uh, this week, uh, John Force announced that he will be back in 2021 with a three-car team. They're going with two funny cars and one top-fuel dragster. And uh, they will begin testing in about two, three weeks in West Palm in advance for the NHRA Gator Nationals. That was the biggest news that came out. Now, other news that came out, too, as well, is that the uh, NHRA Southern Nationals, the uh, the event held in Commerce, Georgia, uh, was supposed to be like a week or two after, after the Gainesville NHRA Gator Nationals has been moved to late April, early May, the last weekend in April. Uh, so uh, just adjust your schedules there. Uh, and from what I understand that NHRA has put, NHRA owns the Atlanta Dragway facility, uh, and it has been put on the market for sale. So uh, if you were ever wanting to go to the NHRA Southern Nationals and kept saying, I'll go to it next year, uh, you might want to better go this year because it might be the last year you get to go that's two of the biggest breaking news stories this week fellas well now if that track were to not get bought would it just uh go the way of the dinosaur no they would keep running it but uh nhra is putting the event up for sale uh and, and taking the proceeds to invest in in some of their other own tracks uh, the series actually owns tracks in Indianapolis and Gainesville, Florida. And, and by divesting themselves of uh, Atlanta, will should open up some capital to improve those other facilities. But what we lose here is a track that is provided championship drag racing, whether it's under the NHRA sanction or IHRA sanction, uh, since I think as far back as 1976. Uh, it's just that, that you go right down the road and it's probably closer to the Greenville Spartanburg area being in Commerce, Georgia than it is actually Atlanta. It's about 90 miles. I think it's about 90 miles from my bathroom <laughs> to, to the track. <laughs> I, I guess. It's right off the interstate. I did a ways, a ways uh, uh, search and it's about 90 miles Uh you know, so so we're going to be losing one of our our big championship tracks in the area, and, and that's a disappointment for us. But you know that that market, no matter and, and believe believe this, uh, this area is actually saturated with NHRA uh, championship tracks. We've got Bristol, which is about 110 miles from here. Uh, we've got. Uh, the uh, Z-Max Dragway, which is about 70 miles, and then you got Atlanta. So that's three NHRA events that run from April, May, and June. So we'll be down to two now. Uh, actually, the other Do they still run in Darlington? Do they yes, still run in Darlington? National. Yes, sir, but not okay. national uh, event, uh, events. Uh, when I say national events, I'm talking about the top of the line, top fuel, funny car, pro stock, pro stock bike, pro mod, and all that stuff. Uh, and, and it used to be, you know, right in this area, we had Rockingham, Darlington, 
And then we had uh, Bristol, which was back then Thunder Valley Dragway because the track was cut right between two mountains. Right. And it was the most beautiful sound you'll ever hear when one of those nitro cars uh, hits the throttle or is like Clay Milliken, my friend, who drives the parts plus top fuel dragster, likes to say, when you stomp on that loud pedal, it would just reverberate <laughs> all the way down the valley. And, uh, but, but yeah, losing a drag strip uh, in, in drag racing terms is like losing a loved one. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be down to two uh, national events in this area. Be a big loss because then the NHRA loses the Atlanta market. Oh, that's 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 a big market to lose. Now, Alan Hill, who does our local coverage here for the dirt tracks and things, is sit, sitting with us. And he asked me, or he's mentioned last week, he said, when we get Bobby Bennett back on, I need to ask him about John Force. What what was your – because I don't really know the, what the, – I'm I'm kind of into this drag racing because I like his top 16. If you're not in top 16, you go home. They don't care if you're John Force or what, but he didn't show up. And like you was talking about before, he hadn't won a race. And then all of a sudden, he won that race and went over and tried to jump that chain link fence, if you remember. And yeah, when guys, you get like his britches hung. <laughs> uh, when you get in your 70s, gravitational pull works against you every time. <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted he wanted to celebrate so bad with his fans that he wasn't going to jump chain link fence. And I don't know if his britches leg got caught in chain link fence. The fence, but, <laughs> the fence won. Yeah, the fence won. But he was now he really won. But it just it just made everything that much more. You know, kind of like our Daytona champion. Yeah, you're you're talking yeah, but, about the event in Seattle when he won the one the one where he famously kissed. Uh, Napa Auto Parts funny car driver, Ron Caps on the lip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ron Caps. Yes, he, he about had a fit. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. Uh, what you got to understand, and I did a video on Competition Plus TV, uh, our YouTube uh, channel for CompetitionPlus.com, and if you have a chance, look it up. It's called the Unbreakable. John Force, and, and it was at a time when everybody says, you're too old, you can't do this, you need to stop, what do you have left to prove, and everything. Well, well John Force is a warrior. He's a nitro warrior. That guy will fight till he has no breath left in his body. And, and he said, I'll, I'll not retire. I'll just drive off the end of the track and keep going. In other words, he would rather die in a race car than have to retire because it's been his life's destiny to be in that race car. And I understand that. And any of us who have ever played stick and ball sports and played well beyond where we should have, where our passion far exceeded what remaining talent that we had. I mean, we still have the talent. We just don't have the same oomph, if that makes sense. And, yeah, it uh, does. We did this video. I did this video with him, and I said, "If John Force could talk to his uh, his fellow racers out there, what would he say?" So I went to the Rocky movie, where he says, it's "Not about how many times you get knocked down; it's how many times you get up and keep moving forward." You know, and it was almost like a combination of that 
and, and Al Pacino's Any Given Sunday speech where he says, in life, as you get older, things get taken away from you. And in his mind, nobody's going to take drag racing away from him. He's going to fight till he's got no more fight left in his body. And, and that's the thing about, I about John. I wrote an article on him this week. Uh, he said that sitting out that year, uh, sitting out last year helped him to, or, or the balance of last year helped him to recharge his body, uh, to help him see what, you know, see the world around him in a different, different, uh, viewpoint. And he says he feels 15 years younger. Well, still at 15 years younger, that makes him what? 55? <laughs> Six, yep. you know? <laughs> but we had Chris Caramassini's out here racing a top fuel dragster up to the age of 92. I mean, so, I mean, right. you can still pull the shoots and you can still leave the uh, start line reasonably on time and you don't run over anybody. I don't see why you can't drive, why you can't race. Well, if you, and, and I'm kind of like talk him. To him or, to what now? If you talk to him about the third race into the season, go back there and say, do you still feel like you got them 15 years? <laughs> <laughs> because it catches say, yeah. back up with you in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, and, and and see the thing is, is that what many don't realize is that John has a built-in gym in his house. I I was with him one time. We were shooting a documentary uh, out there in uh, Yorba Linda, California, with him. Uh, that's the legend of John Force. If you go on and, and put John Force Competition Plus TV, and it'll bring up every video documentary we've done with him. And, you know, he's like, even on my best day, I wasn't Superman, like many people said I was. But in my mind, in my heart, I felt like I was Superman. So, I mean, how are you going to argue with that? Because he's like uh, Tom Brady. When he's done, he's done. You know, he, he's gonna—he's not going to have anything left, but he's going to extract every ounce of energy he's got out of himself. I'm letting you bring me up to speed on this whole sport of drag racing, and I got a lot of uh, questions, but we're getting short on time. But he's got kids that race, right? Isn't there a Courtney Force or a couple of beautiful daughters? That yeah, run good. are they yeah. still out there? Well, Brittany is the only one driving. She drives the Monster Energy Top Fuel Dragster. Uh, Courtney married uh, Graham Rahal, and they just uh, had their first child. Uh, and Ashley Force, she used to race, and, and she stopped racing uh, to start a family with her husband, Danny Hood, who is a uh, crew chief on uh, John's car. So, uh, you know, the oldest okay. two girls, they stopped, uh, the, uh, well, the oldest and the youngest stopped to have a family, and Brittany's still going, but who knows when she'll, she'll decide that she wants to start a family. That's the problem with have, <laughs> having girls. <laughs> you have girls, you have to let them stop and have a family. But if you got boys, they have a family, and then they got to go to work because they got to pay for it all. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'll tell you what. His grandkids are, are boys, so there you go. He finally got boys out of the grandkids. <laughs> Well, Bobby, it's great having you on, and I can see right now that the more we have you on, the more I'm going to know about drag racing because, uh, I mean, I just uh, I, I want to learn about it. Now, I, I know I, we've got a lot of fans that have asked me through the years, why don't we do more drag racing? So now we are, 
And I can't think of anybody better to bring that world to us than you. And I, we appreciate you coming on, and we appreciate your segment. And uh, like I said, if you can't make it every week, that's fine, and we'll get together during the week. But, I mean, we got a spot for you, or we'll make one every week. I'm doing my best. We'll be drag radio racing next week uh, in Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, but, you know, uh, if, if you really want to know about drag racing, log in to competitionplus.com daily. We have news breaking. And just like the back of our shirts that you can buy at competitionplusapparel.com, it, you know, where it has a, a really exciting front with the race cars on the back it says where you can believe what you read on the internet and that was that was our goal from day one was to create legitimate journalism on the internet well that's great you told us that last week and you should tell us that every week because that's what we want to do is bring the truth to the folks about drag racing and uh bobby i'll talk to to you during the week and uh you know i don't know if you would ever have a inkling to call in live we we'll, we can throw you on anytime to just give us a give us a breaking news report or something but uh thanks so much for coming on and uh we'll be talking to you real soon for sure hey i appreciate it guys this week we're uh or next saturday uh we're drag radial racing in valdosta georgia and then we're off uh, uh, West Palm Beach, Florida for uh, NHRA testing nitro cars and they'll also be testing in, on, in Orlando, Florida and the week after that is the NHRA Gator Nationals and we're, we're going for the finish line. That sounds great. Well, welcome back to the show and we'll, uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Thank you guys for having me. Okay, that's Bobby Bennett, and boy, he's a wealth of information. And uh, oh, they're unreal. getting they're getting cranked up too. And we will uh, we um, just lucky to have people like you and him and great. I mean, this, we got a great show here. I mean, and, I, I'm and far and the only reason I'm not the weak link is because I hold it together, <laughs> sorta. And for our Loosely. listeners, and for our listeners, we're up here at Impex cars that's right and we have to send it to our base station it down next to our automotive yep and we're sitting here on phones texting our guest are you ready to come on and you are you ready to do this and then we have to send it back to the home and then they send it back to us so and matt's <laughs> matt's doing the button pushing and boy it's a relief for me that i'm not doing it today but uh it's uh you got a real pro doing it, and Matt's been through this many times. We'll be back after the top of the hour. You are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. We are Fox Sports. Your home for the herd with Colin Cowherd weekdays at noon. He's Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. We are. And here's what you need to know. Naomi Osaka is just 23 years old, but today she won her fourth career Grand Slam championship. start your Impact's pre-owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impact's pre-owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and Impact'sPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. 
former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the third hour of uh, Start Your Engines here on Fox Sports Spartanburg, live from MPEX pre-owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs, just uh, just about a half a mile or three-quarters of a mile past uh, North Spartanburg Baptist Church. They're on the right as you leave town, and uh, MPEX is on the left at, what's that road? John Dodd. John Dodd Road. All right, they're right there on the corner, and it's got a real nice facility here, and hopefully... We can get somebody from here on the show maybe after uh, after we talk to our next guest, which I'm proud to have on, and a real friend of the show and a, and a brother to one of us, Mr. Mike Hill. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Perry. How you guys doing down How in the city? I'm good. Oh, well, it's, uh, it looks, looks like a beautiful day. We're inside here at, at Impact's pre-owned, and uh, hopefully we're going to help them sell some cars or... Or they're going to get us some listeners one way or the other. But uh, nice having you on the show. How are you doing up in uh, Rhonda? Uh, well, I was going to say, what? It's something some hollow, isn't it? Ingle Hollow. Ingle Hollow. Ingle Hollow. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Just got a little ice up here, but uh, it's, the sun's come out and it's melted away, so all's good up here in the holler right now. Little, well, little we talked cold. to one of your buddies earlier, Daryl Waltrip, and he said he was sitting at about four inches of ice and snow this morning up in Franklin, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, he can have it, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like most of my ice floating in a glass. How about you, Greg? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, well, you know, I know Daytona probably didn't turn out like you wanted it to. In fact, I'm sure it didn't, but y'all were fast down there, and you started on the pole for the 24 hours of Daytona. And um, I stuck with it for a long time and went to bed. It must have been about 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and y'all were in the, you know, top top two or three or four. And then I woke up, uh, and you were 22 laps behind. What um, What kind of problems did y'all have down there? That was with our 31 car. We we had the 48 car that finished second with Jimmy Johnson and that that group going too. Not a lot of people. And I didn't realize that, that until that Alan was, told me. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, our our 31 car suffered a gear failure. Six gear uh, broke on the main shaft, and and we was lucky to finish second with our 48 car because it was it was. Uh, after I got the transmission apart, did the Magnaflux on it, it was showing similar signs. But uh, found out that that our driver somehow found a, a traction control number that we'd never been into before. And, and I don't know, a lot of people listening to the show understand what traction control does, but it just rattles the heck out of the whole drivetrain because it, the engine and the and the car wants to go, but something keeps telling it, no, you can't go right now. So it cuts it off, and then it cuts it back on, and it does it. This thing is like, I don't know how many times a second it does it. But the drivetrain just couldn't stand it. I mean, when uh, Mr. Kobayashi, Kimo Kobayashi, he set that fast lap, you know, right? I don't know how many hours into the race it was. <clears throat> And that was impressive. And then I found out that he had moved the traction control, which was fine. We needed to know it that the traction control up on <clears throat> twenty five or wherever it went to would do that. But uh, our guys had never been up that high, and it broke it. And 
apparently they got out of the 31 car and told the guys on the 48 car, so they started using that number, too. I don't know. We've got, since then, though, we've got better parts now coming. Uh, it's always a deal for these manufacturers. So, oh, you broke that. We've got a better part. Well, how come you didn't tell me you had a better part before we broke the first part? But I reckon they wanted to get rid of all their old parts. Yeah, we're uh, talking to Mike Hill. We had a good run. And, uh, Mike, we had a good run. Go ahead. Yeah, we had a good run with with, with the forty eight cars. They, they finished second. We we knew that the the Hondas were sitting there doing what they always do. They sat there in the sandbag until it's time to to win the turkey, and they did. But we are now, constantly are you gonna, fighting. Are, are, is this is this a team car, or I mean, how, how do you word that? Or, because I know two years ago y'all had two cars, and then last year you only had one, and and I yeah. was assuming that you only had one this year. But are these cars out of the same shop, or I mean, how, how yeah. would you word yeah. that? Teammates? Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, Perry, it's the same car from two years ago. We just dusted it off, and, and uh, still had all the parts. Still had all the parts. Still had all the cars from the two car team that we had, and so we just. Uh, it came together somehow. The powers that beat them up and said, "Well, how, how would you like to get another car running for uh, for Jimmy Johnson at the twenty four? And I said, "That's great, let's do it." And we did. Uh, well, we yeah, you Chase, had a good team on that car with Alex, Alexander Rossi and uh, Kobayashi and Jimmy Johnson and Simon Pagano. So you had two Indy five hundred. Is isn't that right? You had two yeah. Indy five hundred winners on that car. Yeah, we had we had some stars driving that car. They were, that was an all star lineup. Yeah. Well, how, how did uh, what was your assessment of how Chase Elliott did? I, I know you uh, I, I know they had to run like at least two hours to get credit for for I think even being uh being on the team or what however they word it, but uh. He seemed to like it, and uh, I, I think yeah. from what interviews I heard, he felt like he was the weak link, which was probably true because he's not a – he hadn't sat in many of those cars. But uh, how do you think he did? You know, I listen, I watch, listen, watch the timing, watch the whole deal, watch his first stint, and I knew because he didn't get to test with us as much as, as, as Jimmy did. But both, both guys were really too hard on themselves. This racing that we do – is probably as close to Formula One racing as it is in the United States today. I mean, this is yeah. <clears throat> this is this is tough, tough, tough. You just don't get out of a you don't get out of a stock car and get into one of these cars and and be able to do what those guys that been driving Formula One like we've got with with Nasser. He's a Formula One X driver, and uh, <clears throat> you don't do that. I mean, I felt sorry for him because they. When they got out and they saw the time, then they said, well, i got to step up. And they did that when they interviewed them during the race. So they, they were a second off the first stint. They put them back in the second stint, and they were only a half a second off. And I said, well, they're, they're learning. You know, they've talking, they're talking to the other guys there. They, they know what, where their weakness is. And really, you know, being a half a second off to our fast guys is, is pretty doggone good. So Chase did a great job. Jimmy did a great job. And and maybe in the future we'll get to work with them again. <clears throat> now, who you, who will you be going with to Sebring? you got Sebring coming up on March the 20th. And, of course, y'all, uh, they ran there a couple of times last year. And in one race, it, the only time you didn't lead was when you were in the pits. 
you know, for routine pit right. stops. So, uh, uh, who yeah. you go down there uh, with, and, and you'll have both cars again at Sebring, right? I don't know. I can't say that right now. We're working towards it. I hope we hope to be able to say something in the future. I know for a fact our thirty-one wheeling car will be there with Nasser and and Durrani and 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 that group of guys with uh, Conway and and the bunch. But uh, we're well. We only use two drivers, or how how many drivers will you use? No, no, it's a a twelve race, a twelve-hour race. So we'll we'll at least have three per car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. it's it's and Sebring and Sebring is really is a tougher place to drive than than Daytona. I mean, Sebring is an old Air Force uh, runway deal that that the cement. It's it's tough on cars. If you can do, if you can finish at Sebring, you've done something. So we've won down there a couple of times now. That first race that we I won back, whenever. Yeah, first race that we won down there was the first time that a Chevrolet had won in like fifty years down there. We were really proud of that. I've wow. got that poster up on my. I got that poster up on my on my wall in my in my workplace. And I, it, it worked. But yeah, and the, and the other thing y'all get a kick out of y'all know we've got this. I mean, it's been it's been let out that we've got this twenty twenty two Gen Seven car that we built sort of like under the undercover, you know. And we took it and tested it. And we tested it as a road course car, and we tested it as an oval car. And I was there when we at Charlotte because the setup is different, the suspension's different, everything's different from from the road course car to the oval car. So I went down and I swapped out like the upright uprights on the left front and, and the wishbones and all the stuff to make it an, an oval car. And so the car has been sitting there, <clears throat> and and Gary Nelson. Who, who is our manager there at the deal, he walks by every now and then, and, and he looks at that car, and I finally told him, I said, hey, look, that car has been sitting too long. We need to take that car and test, and if you will let me take it to Bristol with Kyle Larson, I'll get it back going. But that's a dirt track, and Kyle Larson, that would be a show watching him get around, get around <laughs> Bristol. In that cup car, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and Mike Gary told didn't, me he didn't. He didn't say no, so I'm, I'm, I'm holding hope that I may get go back to Bristol. And uh, I doubt, I doubt the, the setup that we ran at Bristol when we won seven in a row with Daryl will work, but we'll come up with something that work. We'll figure it out. Yeah, Alan, Alan showed me some pictures of the. Alan showed me some pictures of that car and talked about it a little bit, but he said he'd have to kill me if I said anything on that. Uh, on the air, so I haven't, I haven't. Uh, yeah, that was. Well, y'all did that go. Was before, yeah, yep. Yeah, that was. That y'all was before go, that. that go reporter. ahead. That was. Uh, that, that, we had a. It was a pretty trick, you know, a slick deal that this reporter did. When we was going to test the car the first time out, there was there was a reporter that went down and got a ticket for the tour bus down there, like he was just coming in off the street, and he took his camera with him. And he shot. He shot the photos of the race car at the racetrack and. And he associated it with us, Action Express Racing, and the whole deal. And he came out, this reporter did. But, you know, it's fine. I don't care. It's, it was going to get out anyway. You can't you can't keep a secret in racing. I found out, you know. <laughs> when we, we, we switched from Chevrolet's to Ford's, when we switched from Chevrolet's to Ford's at Junior's, we were building a Ford in the most private section of our race shops down here. 
And I'm thinking, there's nobody going to find out anything about this board that we got going. And I was son of the gun if some farmer didn't come in off the street and walk right straight up to me and say, where's that sword at y'all are built? <laughs> <laughs> That's done it right, Mike. That, that really is. Uh, it, it just... Yeah, it's, well, you, can't, I dressing, dressing, you can't keep a... There's no keeping secrets in racing. It, it, it's tough to do. Oh, everybody's so competitive, and and everybody's trying to pick each other for information and measuring, and got guys to stop watches where normally they wouldn't be in this. You know, you, you got to have really like a the FBI. Everybody investigate everybody and see what all was going on. Well, yeah. even FBI has leaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Well, that practice session down at Charlotte, that was with Martin Truex. And you sent me a text and you said, boy, this man can drive. Oh, man. Man, he impressed the heck out of me. I'm I'm, I'm a big Truex fan now because he got out of our car on the road course. We ran like on a Monday, we ran road course. And then they gave me Tuesday, the whole day Tuesday to swap it over. And I told them, I said, no, I can do this in like two hours. But they gave me Tuesday to swap it over. And then Wednesday, we were on the, the oval. He got out of the car. And of course, all the cameras and everybody go running up to his face with microphones and all that. And I just stood back out of the way. But I could hear him say, guys, I want to drive this car on the road courses next year, and I want you to make all the rest of those guys keep keep the cars they got. Because, which, you know, it's it's a four wheel independent suspension car, which naturally is going to get around the road course better than a car that's got a straight axle rear end. I mean, you get four four wheel independent suspension working for you. You can put any camber you want to in the back of these cars. You can put any camber you want to in the back of these cars and don't have to worry about burning the axles up or breaking the ratchet in the rear end and all that other stuff that we did when we was running camber in the cup cars. Yeah. That was a trick, wasn't it? (laughs) That's what I kind of figured happened. That's what I figured happened to the boy at Daytona whenever that right rear axle seal went out on it. I said, evidently, he got through inspection with a little bit too much camber in that right rear. And it blew the seal didn't out. Have the proper, yeah, that or he didn't have the crop, proper crown on the axles. You remember when we we won those four races with Bill Elliott in 92, right off the bat? Four in a row we won. We had figured out how to crown the axle, basically make the end of the axle a ball so it worked inside the drive plane. And <clears throat> I did that at the racetrack. Junior told me, if you can make it work, and I did. And we won those four races where they kept. And the only way we could make it work is if we had a guy shooting grease in it on every pit stop. So I would change the tire. Pete Peterson would run around and hit it a couple of shots with the grease gun to keep the, the ball in of the axle and the drive flange, keep it greased. And we was winning races, man. But everybody else was trying to do it, and they were doing it all wrong. They were building, bending their housings, which was breaking their axles, and then knocking the the, the, the cap off their, their flange and spewing oil all over the racetrack. So it started out. I give Gary, I I give Gary trouble all the time about this. He came to me the first time. He says, you can't have that guy going around that car with that grease gun anymore. I said, why not, Gary? He says, I'm saying it's it's not safe for him to be out there. I said, so I'm out there hammering nuts, changing tires, and it's safe for me. But a guy running around there with a grease gun, he said, nope, you can't have him anymore. 
The junior come to me, so what you going to do? I said, I'm just going to turn that cap into a grease gun itself. It's an aluminum cap, and I just drilled it out, and I filled it full of grease and put a spring in it, and it worked. And we went on and won two more races. And then Gary comes to me, and he says, well, I'm going to put a rule on it. You can't run that much cat, uh, camber in your end anymore. He said, you, you can't run, but, well, I forgot now what it was, two degrees or whatever. And I said, why are you doing this? He says, Mike, because the rest of them can't figure out what you're doing. And they're breaking, and then they're, they're killing our races by spewing gear all over. And I says, well, Gary, I've been doing this in front of their faces every week, and they can't figure this out. He says, no, they can't figure it out. Well, we, uh, if you we, noticed, had, we had it. We had it going on. I noticed uh, he's a big super late mall fan as far as these dirt cars, and if you watch that rear end, whenever they come up off that corner, that left rear run up underneath that car. Now yeah. Bert has come out with a transmission that's ball spline like that for that dry shaft to be able to run in and out like that at angle. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah. that's just yeah, that's just part of engineering. Well, I tell yeah, you what, I this is. Y'all, uh, y'all getting some fascinating deep dives here on some of this stuff, and uh, uh, it's just great, great having so much knowledge on the show. Mike, we appreciate you coming on. We're going to have to take a break now, but I uh, um, want to hear back from you after um, Sebring, and, and you can call in any time you want to, and we'll put you right on. Yeah, I should have called in when Daryl was on. I got some questions to him about some of the statements he's been saying about something about... Somebody told him we threw a race somewhere, and I'm, I'm, I got to get up with Daryl and tell him, no, no, we don't. We not, my field don't throw races. We don't do that. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know where you he comes from. Out I, we'll put I, don't where he, I don't know where he comes from with that. But Junior Johnson likes money, and Junior Johnson likes championships, and we for sure wouldn't have thrown any race to keep Daryl from winning a championship. So, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna have to have a little talk with him. Well, we'll have you both on then, and we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. But thank you very much for coming on, Mike, and uh, we appreciate it. And good luck at Sebring, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right, guys, thank you very much. All right, stay healthy. And that was Mike Hill, who uh, I mean, that was that's another good one. Uh, well, they're all good, and uh, and it's uh, sort of fascinating to hear all that stuff. Well, it's, we've covered NASCAR. We've covered dirt tracks. We've covered drag racing. Now we're covering Insula. Yeah. And so. Uh, and now we're going to have uh, Brendan Delaney. Ryan's uh, son is going to give us a report from Daytona after we take this break. You are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Football season is coming. Whether you're a Spartanburg Viking fan or a Chapman Panther, a Gamecock or a Tiger, whether you're a Carolina Panthers or a Washington football team fan, we can all agree that we can't wait for kickoff. Make sure you're ready for football season by visiting Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio will get your car ready for football with new speakers so you can hear the games clearly. Elite Audio has everything you need to make your ride more enjoyable from stereos and speakers to DVD players and navigation systems. So get your car ready for football season and go see the experts at Elite Audio on Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. 
Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership, family-owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today, conveniently located off I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Here comes lunchtime. You know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. back to the third hour of Start Your Engines. And uh, before we go any further, I want to thank Lanny McKinney, who uh, has our back and does uh, maintains the Budmore Engineering website and our Facebook page. And uh, since I didn't get to record the show today, Lanny, I will be bringing the flash drive over as soon as this is done with. And uh, we appreciate all you do for us. And I, Lanny went way out on a limb, and he picked... Uh, um, McDowell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's... Uh, that's not a limb. <laughs> it's, not no more. Well, we'll see. Uh, but anyway, we have on the line right now, Brendan Delaney, who is down in Daytona with his brother and uh, maybe some other family members. I don't know. But they're watching the 51 Jeremy Clements uh, Xfinity car today. And um, welcome on the show, Brendan. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, Perry, thanks for having me. Greg, Perry, Allen, good morning. I'm standing right outside the track here, staring up at the big Daytona International Speedway sign. It's a beautiful day, about 60 degrees, bright sunshine, uh, slight breeze. And I'll tell you, this place is amazing. I got to, I've just been blown away. The last time I was down here, I got to thinking about it. It was 12 years ago, and it was before they did the $300 million or $500 million yeah. upgrade to the place, however many hundreds of millions of dollars they've thrown at it I'm, i'll tell you it's just amazing what they've done if you hadn't been down there down here since they did did the renovation you need to put it on your to-do list because it's just mind-boggling uh what this place has turned into it's, it's absolutely phenomenal 
Well, it, it serves to be the showcase for the sport since it's in Daytona with uh, Daytona USA and everything down there. So, um, have you talked to Jeremy? How's he? Uh, I, I see. That, I know he's got a not a prime starting spot because of the way he finished at Daytona in uh, last week. But uh, have you talked to him since you've been down there? And and what? Give us a feel for what's going on. Yeah, my brother was. I haven't actually talked to him, but my brother was talking to him on the ride down here, and you know he's. I think he's cautiously optimistic about, you know, his chances tonight, um, and we're certainly optimistic He's a good road well. racer. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be trying to win this thing tonight. I think he has every intention to, of going out and doing that. Obviously, it's racing, and, and nothing's guaranteed, but I know when my brother finished the, the conversation with him on the ride down, he said, well, I guess the next time we'll see, we'll just meet you in Victory Lane. So we're planning on meeting him in Victory, Victory Lane tonight about 11 o'clock, so hopefully that'll happen. Well, that's a 5 o'clock race on um, FS1, and he's, uh, he's an excellent road racer, so uh, we look forward to uh, a real good finish today, and if, uh, you know, God willing, he'll, he'll get one, and it'll be a, a safe race, because uh, I know they had a lot of rain yesterday, but from the picture I, you texted me here, it looks like a gorgeous day. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. As opposed to last night, we went to the truck race last night, and it was it was entertaining. All those young bucks in the trucks. The rain kept coming in and out. And they couldn't figure out whether to put the the rain tires or the slick ones on, and everybody was confused. And these guys were riding that track for the first time, and it was a it was a mess. But it was fun to watch. I don't know how fun it was to be a, a driver in it, but it certainly was entertaining. And and hopefully tonight will be as well. So anyway, I'll let y'all get well, back to must- the show. We're down here listening to you and. Well, appreciate you having yeah, me. They must have, they must have been having a good time because it, they took them three three tries to finish it last night. So uh, it's um, it's it was a, it was a good race, and I thought it was pretty entertaining. And uh, uh, hopefully, and I'm sure we'll have the same thing today and tomorrow. So, uh, Brendan, hey, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate it, and uh, um, welcome to call in anytime. Now, is this going to be a weekly thing? Are you guys going to follow the whole circuit? Because you're you're two for two. Well, I don't know about that. We we're gonna make as many as we can. It's kind of been a special two weeks to be able to get down here to Daytona for you know a couple races in a row. But I don't I don't know if you should necessarily expect us to be trackside every week. That'd be nice, but that'd be living the dream for sure. Well, head on down to Homestead because uh, I've spent 15 years in Miami, and I was down there. I saw that track in three different configurations. So uh, it's uh, it's a, it's a nice racetrack, and I'm sure there'll be a a lot of balmy weather there on the, the gateway to the Keys. There you go. There you go. So, anyway, we're, we're down here listening to you, having a good time. So, let's go 51. Okay. Thank you very much. That's Brendan Delaney calling from the track at Daytona. And uh, that, was a, that was a good surprise there. Yes, it was. It sure was. Glad to see him having a good time down there. Well, I... We should be with them. Is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, my they offered us tickets for uh, for uh, some of the other races, which was great last year on kind of a short notice. But I didn't. Uh, uh, did I hear him say they traveled down with Jeremy? Now I wonder how they if that was in a big motor home or if they had wings or what. That's a pretty good question. I mean, Greg, we used to have to drive by ourselves, didn't we? I mean, you'd pile all the crew up in one car. And it'd be a station wagon or a van and stuff like that. And y'all would drive and one get tired. And next one would drive. And next one would drive. Dover was far from me. 
Yeah, it, it, there was a lot of driving involved as, as time went on. We got in on a deal where we were leasing a King Air airplane, and, and, and that helped. But uh, you do a lot of riding down the highway, just passing by things. I heard somebody, and I don't remember who it was, uh, talking about the, they were talking about the good old days. And he said, I remember riding in a van with no air conditioning and about five other guys eating beanie weenies and things. He said, what was the good old days about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a boy tell me, he said, don't you wish you had that 57 Chevrolet back? I said, no, that, that silver rod truck out there has got heated seats, air conditioning, <laughs> everything else. I said, no, I don't want that 57. <laughs> but, the, but the oil gauge pressure gauge don't work. Well, don't worry about that. All right. We got a few things we need to touch on here. Uh, we got a lot of time for a change. It's three hours. It's kind of nice in a way. Um uh, but they had an ARCA race last Saturday. I believe that was on Saturday yet. Ran before the Xfinity race. And uh, Corey Heim won it. He drives for Bill Venturini. In fact, the first two finishers were Bill Venturini's car with Drew Dollar finishing second. Brett Holmes was third. Ty Gibbs, of course, that's Joe Gibbs' grandson, was fourth. And Kyle Sieg was fifth. Now, I want to say something about uh, what's that lady's name who was in that race? Deacon? No, she was, she's moved up to trucks. This oh. is uh, Grace Trotter, who also drives for Venturini. Did you watch any of that race? I watched them cars, and I, I think I commented you. I said, boy, I sure do like the colors of them cars. They well, kind of went back to the, the older. Yeah. She got a. I noticed that. She got behind her. Um, I think it was her teammate. Uh, Gracie was in number 25. I can't remember who. But she got on somebody there and bumped him. This is in the second turn. And all she needed to do was just crack the throttle and let him gather it back up. And she didn't do it. I mean, she drove right through him. She wrecked him. It caused several other cars to crash. And I was watching that, and I said, you know, all she needed, it wouldn't have cost her anything just to let him get the thing straightened out again. She's bumping him in the turn to begin with. But she didn't. And uh, so I gave her a black mark for that. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure who it was she hit. I'm looking here trying to figure it out. I don't remember. But I just remember she was the one that did it. And I remembered uh, Deb talking something about there's going to be a, another female coming up through there. And there's nothing against females. Heck, I love them. I got, I got one for a daughter and one for a wife. Well. But... Uh, Gracie Trotter didn't give that guy a chance. And uh, all she did, uh, it wouldn't have cost her anything to let him get the car back in line. But she didn't, and I remember it. And I'll harp on it till she does different. The uh, ARCA point standings uh, after one race, Corey Heim is first, Drew Dollar second, Brett Holmes third, Ty Gibbs fourth, and Kyle Sieg fifth. So that's pretty much the way they finished in the race. And their next race, they don't race again for a few weeks uh, on March the 12th at Phoenix for the Phoenix 150. So ARCA is uh, spreading out a little bit and getting more uh, national. Uh, what else we got here? Um, the uh, Xfinity Series will not run. Uh, everybody next week will be in Homestead, where Xfinity Series will run on the 27th, which will be the Contender Boats 300, and 
course, that will be in conjunction with uh, the Dixie Vodka 400, which the uh, the Cup guys will be be running in, and the trucks will be down uh, won't be at Homestead. They won't run again until Las Vegas. So uh, that's uh, a, a little look at the the schedules now. Some of the other series, as um, I said last week, and I'll touch on it again if you're wondering why we're not talking about it. Indy doesn't start till April eight, uh, yeah, April 18th at Birmingham. So they're uh, they got about a month and a half, a little over a month and a half before they even have a race, and that'll be the Honda Grand Prix of Alabama in Birmingham. Formula One will get cranked up a little sooner. They run in about a month at Bahrain before they start their long 23-race schedule around the world. And, of course, we said the WeatherTech Sports Car Series is going to be March 20th at Sebring. And we just talked in depth about that with uh, Mike Hill. And I I did not know they had that 48 car. And it looks like that might be a... A week-to-week kind of thing with them. It, it is, and uh, but like we was talking about a little bit before, uh, you look at the drivers that they had in the 48 car, and you look at the drivers that they had in the 31 car, both of them cars had a Winston Cup driver, or not Winston Cup, next... Next L. Well, <laughs> NASCAR Cup. I know. And, uh, uh, just but, Cup. But, if, if, uh, but the other teams right there, they had all what we call Formula One ringers, if you look at it. And, I mean, I ain't going to say that they was kind of starting out with uh, kind of a little bit behind. But, you know, I wanted to text them and say, hey, we need to change this lineup and take the 48 with Jimmy Johnson move it. Chase Elliott over there with him, and then we're going to take another driver from over here and move him back over to here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they have to they have to do what uh, sponsorship really wants them to do. Now, if you look at it, that first team that won the race with Castro Nevis, Albuquerque, Ricky Taylor, and Alexander Rossi, you yep. got two Indy 500s in that group. Yep, and the car that finished second was Kobayashi, Jimmy Johnson, Simon Pagano, and and, uh, and Mike Rockenfeller. So you got an indie winner there, and of course, uh, and did you see Ricky Taylor? I mean, he was yeah. the weakest link, and what did he say? I want out, <laughs> and they, he got yeah. out and put another. He put another better driver in, and sometimes that's what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, bite that bullet and put another driver back in that you know is going to be a little bit faster than you. Yeah, Greg, do you have something there you wanted to say? Yeah, you know, we're talking about the the two teams and. I about drove Perry crazy because I I knew what time the race was supposed to start and all that stuff. For as usual, I'm running behind, and uh, so I'm looking at and I I kept asking Perry. I, I kept thinking that the one car was one and one with the other, but they both those cars was a car. But I didn't know. I didn't know I about didn't, the forty eight. I, I didn't. Know I kept telling you only the thirty one uh, was. Uh, was the one we were pulling for. So anyway, the thirty-one wheeling car is the the main car on that uh, on that team, I guess. As the other one looks like it's kind of week to week. So uh, it's uh, go Perry. You have not given me a pick. So uh, okay, all right. Uh, well, you didn't give me one either. Well, I'm I'll just gonna, go gonna, last this week. Who I'm do you gonna, want? Well, I think I'm going to take twelve car, Blaney. Yeah. All right. Is he good on road courses? Well, he got spun out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he he got spun out by your man. Yeah. Well, well I mean, but uh, you know, it's good the way we mix it up because yep. it wasn't fair for me to take. Uh, 
It wasn't fair for me to go for Chase every week. But if he's available, and we just sort of do it randomly. We don't have any. We just go willy-nilly with our picks. It doesn't make any difference uh, where you finished the week before or anything like that. So yep. with that in mind. We still got 22. We still got two. We still got four. I, I, you um, know, I actually think uh, I think Logano's a better road racer than Keselowski. So put me down for the 22. And it, it makes so many people angry when he wins. So, uh, and well, Jada, she's a part of this show. I'm going to give her the two card, oh, okay. Keslowski. And okay. did you notice after they got out of the infield care center that neither one of them was kind of blaming the other one in a way? I mean, they kind of kept it nice in their yeah. interview. And yeah. I mean, but, you know, somebody said, uh, I think. But don't get me wrong, if the 22 would have stayed high and the 2 would have went by him and you still had the 34 and you'd have had the 3, I believe we might have another, had another Ryan Newman deal at well, the start-finish line. Well, if you noticed, actually, that last crash, 34 is the one that bumped 2 into 22. Uh, and and they, they went their separate ways and he went right up the middle with a Chase Elliott. The, so it was the, actually 34 that, that, that... Well, he was pushing. He was pushing, yeah. the, he was pushing the 2, but... the. 22 kind of moved down. Yeah, and 34, had, we're talking yeah. about McDonald's, a but McDowell. You, but you can't see, you can't see the 22's going to move down that fast and get off the other one. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. We didn't talk about Bubba Wallace too much, but he had a fairly decent race and did finish. But I tell you what, let's, uh, let's take our last break and come back and uh, do a sort of a freewheeling finish here because I've done all the stats I've got and we don't have any more guests. And if anybody wants to call in, Smitty, uh, 864-468-1400. Maybe we can get them on the air. But we're at Impex Pre-Owned here in Boiling Springs, South Carolina, just up the Asheville Highway from Spartanburg. And we'll take our last break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster in Jenny Montgomery Scott's Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take that first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership, family-owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife, Rita, are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie handpicks every vehicle and posts the best prices up front at ImpexPreOwned.com. Find the car, truck, or SUV of your dreams at a price you can afford at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. You all 
already know, Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Founded in 1997, R.J. Rockers is Spartanburg's original brewery and go-to stop in downtown Spartanburg. But R.J. Rockers is so much more than a brewery. It's an entertainment destination with a tap room featuring great food, a weekday hoppy hour, trivia night, live entertainment, and special events throughout the year. Follow Spartanburg's original brewery on social media and rjrockers.com. You already know Carolina Driveline is the upstate's leader for custom drive shafts and high-performance racing. But did you know Carolina Driveline also specializes in agricultural and industrial equipment? Carolina Driveline can keep your equipment moving so you're never down for long. And when the work weekends, Carolina Driveline's 37 years of experience can deliver the best in off-road racing and 4x4 solutions. Whether it's your workday equipment, your everyday car, or your weekend 4x4, Carolina Driveline is your high-performance solution. Find out more at carolinadriveline.com. Welcome back to the final segment of Start Your Engines from Impex Pre-Owned. And this has been a, an action-packed two hours and uh, 40 minutes so yeah. far. Are we in overtime? We, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, but we've got a caller calling in here. And it's a good friend of the show, uh, local drag racer of the, the historic uh, ilk. And that would be Ernie Smith. Good morning, Ernie. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, actually, I think it's afternoon, isn't it? We've never been on. Well, yeah, afternoon now. <laughs> I just actually just walked out of my shop, get ready to go get a little lunch. So, yeah, it is afternoon. Well, give us five minutes here. And uh, Greg's uh, he stepped out, but I see him coming back. He's racing for his microphone now. What you got going uh, on with the, uh, his, the, the antique racers? Well, the old, old Chevy, too. We're getting ready to start the season again, March 20th down in Hope, Florida. And, uh, this morning we've been in there trying to mount fuel systems, mount seats, and get everything back ready to go. We're coming out with a whole new package, motor-wise, transmission-wise. You know, the Southeast Gassers Association, we're growing in a hurry. Everybody's getting faster, and, you know, we're scrambling to keep up. <laughs> well, i got Greg on the line here now. Greg? Yeah, we uh, earned and worked a whole bunch on that car. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, we had to take some forward power plant out of it and go with a small block Chevrolet that uh, that Ernie had a guy that's super good engine builder had access to and oh it's it's, it's going to be it's a beautiful thing and it uh, uh, Ernie and him's going when do you go test it Ernie next week uh, probably the week after next I actually talked to the motor man this morning uh, he's setting up Gastonia with no power wind and blew a tree line down on power poles so uh oh, he's trying to get it done we're hoping to be done by the end of this week have the thing in the car next week and ready to go test it like i said this morning we've been doing uh seats and fuel system just trying to get everything worked out so when he gets here all we gotta do is set the motor down in it now when did you say the the season gets started 
March 20th in Hope, Florida. Hope, Florida. Now, I spent 15 years in Florida, but I don't know Hope. Where, what's that near? It's a little small town in McChesney. It looked like a big community. Uh, about, 30 <laughs> <miles>. <laughs> about 30 miles. About 30 miles in Pennsylvania. Okay. So it's up in the Panhandle. Yes, up in the Panhandle. I mean, beautiful racetrack. We ended our season down there last year. Uh, I mean, Emerald Coast Dragway, just a beautiful facility. But, you know, it's it's out, like I say, a little small, small town. But uh, the fans really came out and supported us. We had, I think, about 3,500 fans there for the last race of the year. Expect more for the spring race because that was our first time down there. All right, tell us again, and I know I've asked you this before, but wh- where's a website where we can keep up with the with the the south southeast gassers? Is that what y'all are y'all are? Yes, sir. Southeast Gassers Association. You can go to southeastgassersassociation.com. dot uh, com. You can just Google Southeast Gassers Association. All of our every one of our races are videoed. We have our own YouTube channel. You can find us there. Or for me personally, you can go to to Facebook, to Ernie Smith Racing, and keep up yep. with everything we've got going on just for me personally. Well, that sounds great, Ernie. And I, uh, you know, okay, tell me another again, again, when when you get to Shady Side, isn't that the one that's sort of the closest to us? And I swear, Greg and I are going to get up there this year. April 18th. They are second race of the year. April, April 18th, we'll be at Shady Side Dragway up there in beautiful Shelby, North Carolina. I mean, one of the most historic racetracks here in the Carolinas that's been open and running continuously since, I think, 1956, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, great facility the Buff Boys have got up there, third generation of the family, fourth generation of the family running the racetrack. And just good people, a good place to go drag racing. Now, you know, we do this show until 12 o'clock. Can we... Scoot out after twelve o'clock and get up there in time to see the see the action because it's not far oh, yeah. to Shelby. Oh yeah, it's what thirty minutes from there, forty five minutes maybe from there to radio station. Up the well, that depends here. on what's going on at that depends on what's going on at I eighty five. But yeah, you're, that's about right. Yeah, and then I mean qualifying qualifying for all of our races starts at two in the afternoon. Have two rounds of qualifying. Then you start eliminations. We try to get our whole show done. You know, you're looking at 100 cars, and we try to run them through there in about six hours. So, you know, we don't waste any time. Sounds like a great show. Ernie, thanks for calling in. We got to do a couple of things here before the end of the our third hour is up, which is a, a real luxury today. But best of luck to you, and you know you can call in anytime you want to. I really appreciate it, fellas. You know, I appreciate all the support y'all gave me in the radio show, Greg Roberta. You know, I appreciate all y'all do for me. Uh, and we look forward to big things this year. Hopefully we're going to be talking to you a lot. Well, I, I tell you what, I am really, Greg, we got to try to get up there April 18th. So, got to do it. Yep. Do thank it. you, Ernie. We'll be talking to you later. Yeah, all right, you, you guys have a good night. All right, thank you. That's Ernie Smith of the Southeast Gassers. I got to remember the name of that association. Let's, uh, with a few minutes left here, we got about 10. Uh, I'll talk slow, which would be a miracle, but um, we do have some television. Jamie Nodine, put him on right now. Hey, Jamie. Hey, buddy, how you doing? 
I'm doing great. Uh, got a beautiful facility here, and we are uh, trying to get one of your people to, to come on, but they're all running around out there selling cars, and they got doing deals, and um, it looks like uh, looks like it's a good day for business. So thanks for calling well, in because we wanted to have somebody on from uh, from uh, Impex. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they're running around selling cars. And listen, it's a very it's a rarity <laughs> that I take a day off. Uh, I, I'm talking like it's like a solar eclipse. I never take a day off. But uh, I'm down here visiting my daughter. She's in Coastal Carolina, and uh, I love my love my girls and can't be away from that, that long of a time. But uh, I decided to take a day off and come down here and visit with her. But listen, uh, I want to appreciate y'all coming up and spending the morning with us up there. We really I hate I missed it. It was a it was a tough decision to make whether to be there or either, uh, you know, down here. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, my love for racing runs really deep. So this is a big day for me. Well, we certainly appreciate y'all having us here. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm in this trailer, but all I know is there's people running in out of here left and right. And it looks like they must be doing it. He said. With paperwork in their hands. Yeah, with paperwork <laughs> in their hands. And, uh, yeah, that's usually a good yeah. and that one fella said uh, he'll come on time. if he's not too busy. He said he'd come on if he yeah. wasn't too busy, but he must be too busy. So Sounds that's, like that's you got to, well, Jamie, you got to stay away. Sounds like. <laughs> yeah, no, I told him that before I left this mess, and I hope that, uh, I hope that me being gone, you, you know, you're kind of overloaded and shorthanded, don't know what to do. So hopefully it turns out to be that way. There's a lot of corners sitting out well, front I, of these to be in somebody's driveway. Well, speaking of that, I parked my red. 2019 Mustang right out there amongst them, and I hope it's still there when I leave. Uh, you know the way it looks like they're selling stuff here today. They might have. I might have to take the bus home or ride in the back. Well, of, uh, they'll, they'll probably truck. give you a ride. <laughs> they'll probably give you a ride and also hand you a check on the way out the door, most likely. We'll, we'll have to go to my house and get the title anyway. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. That'd well, be fine. But well, hey, Jamie, uh, Jamie, this Jamie, this ahead, is Alan Hill. Until I got up here and they sent me who the who owned this place? I said, I know this fella. His yeah. daddy runs Bowling so, Springs Tire. I said, and they right. they used to race a lot, a lot. Yep, yep, sure did. And uh, and that, that's what I was telling them this morning. It's probably been thirty years, probably since I'd seen you. Yeah. Um, you know, your brother Mike, and, uh, Dad. You know, the old twenty-seven Golden and White twenty-seven with Bill Gardner and all that crowd. So uh, yeah, and uh, it's been a long time, but. But we're glad you're there. I just hate that I wasn't there today. But, uh, nothing like them daddies and daughters, you know. Yeah, I got one myself. And I tell you, Coastal Carolina, when I was visiting places with my daughter, she she's in, well, actually, she's in our living room. She went to Carolina, and I pay for an apartment down there every month. But uh, she's done most of her schooling at our house. But I loved Coastal Carolina. I thought that was a, a beautiful, yeah, a beautiful campus. place. It looked great. Yeah, it's, it's the last place we visited. Uh Last place we visited, we went around everywhere. It was her second year down there, and she fell in love with it, you know, 10 minutes into the trip. So she's, she's really enjoyed yeah. it down there. So uh, if she can't come okay. home, I try to go visit. I hadn't seen her since she went back for Christmas break, so I was kind of having withdrawals. So I had to come down today. Well, I tell you what, I can think of a whole lot worse places to go to college than a beautiful campus like that that's about, what, half hour from Myrtle Beach or a little bit yeah. more maybe? Yeah, not far. Yeah, they say it's a super place. It's beautiful. They got a good football team too, and the baseball team were national champs a few years ago. So, Coastal Carolina is a a happening place. Yeah, it's coming around. It's coming around for sure. So, uh, 
but yeah, I, I just wanted to reach out and uh, thank you guys for coming up. And you know, uh, I was down at RJ Rockers and it was so busy I didn't get a chance to meet you, Mister Wood. But I'm uh, looking forward to meeting you. I one thought day we should. Then, can, you know, I don't know if I maybe, met you. I get did. you mixed up with a guy from from Carolina Driveline. I, I met one of you or both of you, and I can't remember. It was well, it not, was a good I'm event, but look, too, most likely. No, if you could have seen me on Channel 4 yesterday, you ain't seen ugly till you've seen me. I mean, I have got a yeah. face for radio, I can tell you that. But we uh, right. uh, we appreciate you, you having good. We, good. we appreciate you ha- having us here. And according to Ryan Clary this morning, we're looks like might be fairly likely we'll come back uh, when it warms up and uh, and maybe more than once. So I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get the chance to sit down with you here on the air sometime in the near future and uh, and talk racing and car sales. Yeah, that'd be good. That's that's my cup of tea. I mean, I'm not against baseball and football, but racing to my wheelhouse. It's something I grew up doing and love it and used to drive by that shop on Beaumont Avenue down there and look at that yeah. big Ford Airstore hauler sitting out there and, you know, yeah. just dreamed of, you know, being in a sport. So that's that's my cup of tea. Well, good. And I'm glad we are able to uh, help each other out. You you with, uh, with the car lot and us with the... Uh, with the radio show and uh, I think we compliment each other and we appreciate it and uh, when we get together I'll tell you some of my horror stories from being the service manager at Murphy Cadillac Pontiac back in the 70s. <laughs> I, hear you. I heard that earlier today and that, that was a long time ago down there. I, I remember that oh. building and, you know uh, I nightmare. bet that was a lot it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big distance from the way it is now. It sure is. Thank you very much for coming on, Jamie. We appreciate it, and uh, you have fun at the beach with your, or at college with your daughter. I will. Y'all have a good day, and thank you again. All right, thank you. That's Jamie Nodine, old friend of Allen's. He yep. didn't even know it until yep. he got here. All right, let me touch on this real quick because we're uh, we're counting it down now for the end of the end of the show. Um, it looks like the. Um, Xfinity Series, the pre-race show, is on FS1 today on the road course from 4 till 5. And they've got the race uh, schedule from 5 until 7.30. And from the photograph I got here, or, or the, the picture that was texted to me, um, it looks like a beautiful day at Daytona. And then tomorrow, um, it, the, there's a replay of the Xfinity race and the truck race, but the... Uh, Cup race is at, um, it looks like we got here, where is it? That's, um, yeah, looks like it's an earlier start than I thought it was, but uh, got a pre-race show on FS1 from one thirty to 2.30, and then a pre-race show on Fox from 2.30 to 3, and then they've got the race schedule for 3 to 6.30 on Fox, and that's the main network the mothership for Fox and uh, hopefully it'll be an exciting race uh, I'd be surprised if it's not Alan well uh, I'll probably get uh, the first part then Granboy will come over and then we're going to start watching the Iron Man again that was so funny <laughs> Alan says we're watching the Xfinity race last week and uh, it was getting down to the nitty gritty and Alan says well the Grandboy walks in just walked in and I got to watch Iron Man for the thousandth time <laughs> and uh, don't get me wrong I jumped up went into my office and I got another TV in there and had a box and I turned it on and it, for some reason this box has been unplugged or something and it says not authorized or something <laughs> so I just turn, means, I just turned it back off. That means pay the bill. I pay. I went back in there and I looked at Gaines. I said, Gaines, can we watch TV for? Nope. We watching Iron Man. <laughs> so I had to. Uh, so I had to keep uh, Alan up to 
uh, I thought you were still watching. And I, I sent him a text at when when Jeremy had that last wreck, and I said, ouch. And he said, I don't know what happened. I said, I'm watching Iron Man for the thousandth time. Greg, what you got there to wrap up? It's been nice being up here. You've been the one that's been wanting to be on the road so much. Well, uh, Dooming, it, it, this is so refreshing to get out. Uh, we've always liked live rem- remote. Yeah. You know, I, I like them two hours a little bit better than three hours sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> but no, we, we, we're going to get our wheels back underneath us. And I enjoy coming up here helping good people uh, with businesses around here that, uh, you know, that do people we can help make more air racing. And uh, anyway, that's just, just a good deal. Well, we do a lot of remotes. And uh, the uh, is uh, um, something we like to do. And. The, I guess we won't make the Hog Fest downtown. I, I think everything's been canceled, but we'll get it back together, and hopefully we can do more remotes like this from from here and wherever else. Well, we might talk to Scott Childers over at Cherokee Speedway and do one from over there. Racing tomorrow. Yep, racing tomorrow. You've been All right, thanks for tuning in. Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We are your home for the herd with Colin Cowherd weekdays at noon is Fox Sports 1400 WSBG Spartanburg now on FM at 98.3.